Oh, damn it. I was okay. It's there. Okay. You're out on the condition that you never enter your daughter in a beauty pageant in the state of California ever again. Ever. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. And oh, I just wish I could hang on to that music for a bit longer there. On your rave, sunshine. Hey, we are here for episode 96. We are. What are the odds you would say that? It's Little Miss Sunshine. Wow. wow. So, uh, a big, beautiful how are you to anybody who's listening in today, wherever yeah. you are in the world? Uh, welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you looked at me for that. There we go. <laughs> After almost two years, you're starting to pick up on the cues. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than just freaking out. Rather than just going, what does he want? <laughs> <laughs> but no, we are here Nothing today. Here. Everybody's here in the studio of awesomeness, and we just got done watching Little Miss Sunshine. We have. Mm. Uh, slight thing. Uh, this is the first. We didn't re- release anything bonus last week. Oh. We didn't. We didn't do it on Friday or Saturday. No. Or it is the first time since uh, December 8th and 15th of last year Whoa. that we did not release a bonus episode. Wow. That was Trading Places and Coraline. So there we go. And I, sorry, it might listen out of the, yeah. out, of the, out, of the out of the barn early here. I, I think this is going to be a better review than, than Coraline. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Just a thought. Just a little bit. But let's talk about uh, where we've been all around the world this week, shall we? So we charted this week in here at home in Great Britain, hey. in Australia, in South Korea, wow. number six, wow. in Sweden, Brazil, Denmark, the Netherlands, New Zealand, number 34 in Switzerland, wow. number 42 in Saudi Arabia. Arabia, in South Africa, Portugal, the Philippines, Finland, 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 Finland. the Ukraine, (laughs) number 22 in Malaysia, in the Czech Republic, in Nigeria, number 28 in Kenya, number 50 in Pakistan, number 24 in Uganda, and number three, thanks for leaving the light on. Sierra Leone. It's Sierra Leone. Woo! I might be going to Denmark in February. I thought you were going to say Sierra Leone. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Sierra Leone, me too. Denmark in February? Yeah. One of my uh, work colleagues have decided we want to go to go on holiday, and Denmark's just seemed like a good place. That sounds great. Yeah, I'd really like to go. Copenhagen, right? Copenhagen, yeah. 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 I'm I going to see the little, in April. I want to see the little mermaid wow. statue. Is that where Hagen Das is from? Is that Danish? Is that German? German? Sure. I know that. Belgian? One of the Maybe hotels Belgium. you can stay in is one of the old brewer, uh, uh, brewery hotels for Carlsberg. Oh, yes, that's right. By appointment of a Danish court. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Cool. So, as we'll as we sit here, we have Danish beverages on the go. table. So there we go. Aye. So, um, promos. Uh, last week, we did the Nightmare Before Christmas. We did. Yep. There's some fallout from that we should have to talk about. <laughs> uh, you said have a lot more of the promo, but as far as stuff, like we said we didn't do a bonus episode last, this week. The first time in almost a year. So yeah. there we go. But we do have stuff coming up. Uh, we have, some things can't be helped, though. Some things can't be helped. And that's know. okay. Because uh, yeah, yeah. we're going to make up for this week, I'll tell you. Because on Ooh. Friday, we're releasing BFE Quiz Night for A New Hope, right. which we're not going to tell anybody who it is, but it's starring uh, four, our returning champion, Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, three 
challengers plus a challenger from the BFE, the BFE. joined in. So you know we won't which give one away. Of four, do you think it which might one be? of? Well, it probably <laughs> wasn't <laughs> me. How cool would that be, though? If I'm if all of a sudden it's surprise, surprise. Ethan wrote the quiz. I'm a contestant. I, I think I could do okay, but I, I, just, it probably isn't me. I'll just say that much. Okay, it's down to three. Down to three. So um, we've got that. Um, we've enjoyed it so much. I'm pulling the trigger. Usually we do it once every two months. I think we need a Christmas edition of the BFE Quiz Night. Oh, yeah. So I'm calling it BFE Quiz Night 5, Our Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think I've got myself, I think I'm sending invites out in the mail on this one. I've got, I've got sort of for Christmas, I want, You're going for I want to best. assemble the Avengers, if you will. Yeah, I thought you Are might. you going to send Christmas cards with the invite in? Probably not, because I need to get this straightened up in a short amount of time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Otherwise, I would. So there we go. Um, so a couple other things. Uh, next week, we're going to be announcing tier three, our final tier, Ooh. the final front yeah. tier, <laughs> as George just said uh, on a previous recording somewhere, um, that we'll, we'll be releasing that next week. So, But we will be going over tier one and tier two again at the end of this episode yeah. Yeah. for everybody, just to let you know where we're going, because that launch is January 2022, Woo! and we know we've got the besties and the resties coming up, we mm-hmm. do. and if you we join do. the Patreon, you get a say in the besties and the resties. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Great stuff. So, a real roundtable coming up. Uh, you, if you're hearing this, you got about four days. Give me your list of the best war or military movies. I'm finding this hard. Mm. I'm finding this really hard. Lots of people joining in. I haven't even started counting the votes yet. <laughs> but I, I, I was a couple I wanted to hit. I, I hope I can. I'm not sure if I will. So There's like three I really want. It's to a really busy time really of year, difficult. isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. I'm 100% honest. Platoon is one I really want to see. <laughs> and I have not seen it before. And it's not. Nice. So something I, uh, it won Best Picture, didn't it? So yeah, yeah. I really want to give that a watch. I hope I can. I'm not sure I will. Uh, and then also BF email called Do We Know It's Christmas? Give us your Christmas-themed questions. So Let excited us for that. hear them. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going up there. So and I promise I'll do every single question this time. Yes, and not including this. Yeah. Hermes. You've heard it, buddy. I'm yeah. trying. <laughs> All right, so let's do some reflections and corrections. Uh, let's start off with this. We joked last week that uh, there's no way they could, you know, we said, which Passion of the Christ is it? Is it the original or is it the sequel? When you really can't do a sequel, can you? I took a look. They have got Passion of the Christ 2 in development. Whoa. They really have. Jim Cavazil oh, is yeah. signed up to play Jesus again. It's Passion of the Christ 2, the, the Resurrection. Do you um, going to resurrect his career? Or I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, I think they should stay away from Passion of the Christ 2 Resurrection Boogaloo, but we'll I see how that works. I think he'll come out for three days and then go back in his cave. Maybe. Or do you think it'll be a thorn in his side? Oh, oh, I, I, think we're, I think we're touching on some... <laughs> I'm not comfortable with that joke. Well, you go ahead, you know, I'm just you go ahead and, and have you that. You said about his career. I, I did. T- well, you I talk was, about his career so you can set up your next joke, I think. I was talking about his career. Uh, so Georgia last week was like, we have a BFE ad? And I was like, it's somewhere. I got a hold of it somewhere. <laughs> I've got a copy of it right here. So let's go ahead and play. This is what we did. <laughs> I think we sent it out like twice, and that was it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. for the sake of posterity, here was what I you look, and I did one day. I look forward to listening to this. Hi, my name's Ian. And I'm Lynn. And we have a film review podcast. And it's called Best Film Ever. And we're trying to agree on what's the best film ever. But we don't always agree. You see, I teach film studies. And I own my own record toy shop. So I tend to analyze the films a bit more academically. And I tend to look for the heart. Yeah, but you think The Crow's a romantic comedy. Well, there is romance. Nah. And there's comedy. That doesn't count. So you see, we don't always agree. But that is what makes it so fun to do. 
So that's best film ever. Give it a listen and we'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop. So the first thing I noticed is how crap your audio quality oh, is. I in know. That. Oh, it's dreadful. It's we've, dreadful. We've updated the mics. I think then. there's a reason why I haven't sent that out more. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. The script's fun enough on its own. I do like, I do like this. But it's also episode. misrepresentative of the fact that it implies it's just me and you. Yes. And I think we very quickly got beyond that we did, as we yeah, sit yeah. here with, with Georgia and with and with Ethan and of course Ellie for the better part of the last two years as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I kind of felt it was a little bit. I didn't really do many. We had like one or two twice. We did like ads in the middle yeah, of stuff, yeah. but it was like I don't know. We do a shout out. That's kind of an ad in itself. Well, we might do another one with all, all four of us. We we could we could. I'll 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 work on with a, maybe a guest appearance from Ellie. <laughs> just, I just want to dip a toe in. Uh, I gotta just be, and I was Ellie. I was. Oh, love you, Ellie. I gotta push we this do, button here. There's a mistake. I think I made. So, uh, Russell Osborne got a hold of us. Hey, 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 hey Mr. Mr. Postman. I uh, says I'm about halfway through, but I've got to be that person. Say, so you said it was Christopher Guest doing the voice of Jack. It's Christopher Sarandon. There's a mistake. Yada yada yada. I said, yep. Hashtag push the yellow button. Uh, Josh from your next favorite movie got a hold of me that as well. Two Chris's. I, I named the right one. It's 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 it's, it's Humperdinck who is the uh, from from Princess Bride who did the voice. It wasn't the six fingered man. Ah, uh, okay. So, but that's make sure we get the right one. It's Chris Sarandon, not Christopher Guest. So and then Kev Dog uh, said, "By the oh, way, guys, Kev-dog. said well, yeah, we had to think of something for that, but, but said yeah, there was no ad inserted, and I'm sure it wasn't Georgia going, yeah, boy, but whatever it is, listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think the ad ran its course. It was fun having an ad, and we look forward to hopefully having another one at some point. But yeah. uh, for the time being, so we just had a little bit of dead air. That's fun, you know. That's okay. He's also okay with Kev Dog. So there we go. Uh, I must have known him long enough that he's like gone round. I he's gone full arc. circle with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's now because okay I remember it. looking at his toolbox and going. Kev dog we kind of gave him a bit of a hard time and, yeah. he, and, and he didn't seem to like it that much that must, but that was probably five or six that was, years oh, it was ago. a while ago yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so such as uh, let's do some shout outs uh, chat tsunami continues to wreck us all over the place so thanks a lot guys yeah thank you uh, Ed and Sean from the film effect podcast they just hit 8,000 downloads well done guys Whoa. Whoa. it's yeah, a lot yeah, of work yeah, to get yeah. there so good job it is <laughs> Um, in their review of Training Day, they talked about like a film called Sallow. And Sallow was a film by a guy called Pasolini, which is one of the most disturbing things I've ever watched. I would never watch it then. Uh, uh, no, it's, it's <laughs> never going to hit ours. And I'm like, I Not thought... Not a Georgia film, I no, 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 no. <laughs> like, it is like... Imagine the worst things you could ever imagine seeing, but without any storyline reason for it happening, it just occurs. Really? Oh, it's dreadful. It's supposed to be this like sort of avant-garde move. I'm like, no. Ethan's in. No, <laughs> trust me, like, you don't. Ooh, you don't. Oh, God, no. I, no, this would be I so you could, see a lot of avant-garde stuff. This would just be so you could brag and say, uh, yeah, I saw Salo. Salo sucks. Ugh. Um, so props to Sean for watching it, I guess. I don't know. Also, it just sounds like Willow and that's a shit film too. It's Salo or 120 Days of Sodom. Basically, I think it's about, if I remember correctly, it's about the Italian Holocaust and they kidnap, they kidnap a bunch of like barely post pubescent like children and like torture them over the, over the, like the course of a weekend or something like that. Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's when it ends, I'm like. I just want those two hours of my life back and those images out of my head. It it truly was terrible. So, uh, hey, Ed and Sean, uh, there's a reason, I think, why we picked the films we do over here. They weren't weren't reviewing Silo. Dear God, no. Are you guys okay? Yeah, are you okay? Uh, On a much happier note, Jay Salahi for the love. And I'm looking for the right film to bring him back for the pod because I want to have Jay back on again. Yeah, we we always do. He said, anytime, I love being on the show. You're all great. Thanks, Jay. I think you're great, too. You're great, too. 
Yeah. Uh, Malice After Midnight. Uh, my sister Kirsty, who says she was patiently waiting for the pod. Now, I want to say, Kirst, it uploads at the same time every week. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to patiently wait. It's, t- it's 10 p.m. every Monday night in Eastern Standard Time in the, in the U.S., 3 a.m. here in the U.K. That's yeah. that's the release every week. Um, but uh, she did... Uh, she, she did send me a message that said she, uh, that uh, my nephew Oliver and my uh, niece Cece were very excited about their shout outs and Oliver <laughs> wants to know if this means he's famous it absolutely does yes, buddy absolutely. you are so famous hello Oliver hi you might, Oliver you might even get a name on a t-shirt <laughs> hey there we go you never know we are here with, with, with the t-shirt man yeah so superhero um, name love it <laughs> t-shirt man uh juline from it goes down in the pm hey, back from her wedding and her uh honeymoon Aww. i hope life is grand uh, speaking of that danny and drew about to get married from it's Woo! a musical podcast there we go the ocho duro parlay hour for the love ray from nbc mm-hmm. she reads a book a week yeah, I've I got a friend who read like two books a week. That's that's impressive, man. Crazy. I wish I could. I used to last year, and then I got busy with life, and it's impossible now. She says she prefers reading to films, and I went, I hear you, but I disagree with you. But only be like when I'm when I'm. There's nothing better than when I'm loving a book. When I'm loving a book, there's no better thing. I'm just captivated. I can't look away. I got to keep reading. That's a great feeling. It just doesn't happen often enough for me anymore. I don't have the time for that anymore. Films are two. Even when we review them, it's two hours and two hours and two <laughs> yeah, hours, yeah. six hours tops, and I get I get this this, this thing out right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to a book where you're, it's, it's a major investment. Yeah, it is for the most part, time wise. Yeah, I'm reading two books right now. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be finished by Christmas. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Friend of the podcast and poet laureate, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Oh, that really hurt my back. Who says... Oh, she's back on track. Loved... Yeah, Georgia had a bit of a spill. She said, come out of a work meeting today. <laughs> I fell over, fully stacked it. <laughs> just for you. And I'm sat here with a hot water bottle, and I just jerked whilst doing that. And it really... <laughs> that was just for you, Dwayne. <laughs> so, uh, so he, Dwayne says he loved the Jim Cavazel roundup. And that's three straight episodes we've brought up Jim Cavazel. Uh, and the Bash of the Crest. Yeah, yeah. Just don't know. Uh, resident Postie again, Russell Osborne, says yeah, he'd like to give Ed Wood some love. He says, as I said, it's my favorite Burton movie. Someone in the pod said it was his worst. Yeah, that was me. Um, <laughs> although I do acknowledge you get more enjoyment if you're familiar with Wood's story and filmography. At which point, Ryan L. Terry jumps in and goes, Ed Wood's amongst my favorite films and one of Burton's best. Batman Returns, though, is my favorite Burton and favorite superhero movie. Josh, from my next favorite movie, says, I was surprised by this statement as well. I pointed out before that Burton's run from 85 to 99 was tough to match and I was definitely including this film and then oh I'm so sorry someone else said I'm a huge fan of Ed Wood it's a really well made film a loving biopic that goes against the usual biopic grain and a great cast and I was not expecting when we went kind of had our viewpoints the night before Christmas that this would be the film that would make people go all angry it's amazing isn't it? and then I looked up I said well Ed Wood I'm, I remember this being maligned 7.8 on IMDB and 92% on Rotten Tomatoes wow. Whoa. I have no idea. It is like the cultural thing to go, Ed Wood sucks, but I don't know why, because it looks like it's very good. I think because, is it in black and white? Yes, it is. I've never seen it. Is it about a director who did worst movies? It's about a director who does terrible movies, yes. It's kind of like a B movie. I'm speaking, people are going to come ahead and tell me how wrong I am, because I've never seen it. I think the misconception. My memory is that it's a B movie, purposely done as a B movie, about a guy who was directed bad B movies. Bad B movies, yeah. That became cult things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. such is there. And that's Johnny Depp. Yeah, Johnny? it is Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. trying to find who the other 
comment it was but a comment oh, okay on a tweet. <laughs> um then we got uh ashley baxter actually lives close in the area and says just her bfe call out for top 10 best war films that's top five um <laughs> Uh, he says, uh, I bet they won't include Revolution starring Al Pacino, even though it ran for weeks on end at the Majestic. At which point I went, hang on. Hey, hey, hey. There is a copy of this film in Liam's shop. There is. And Ooh. Liam and I have had conversations about Revolution on we more do. than one occasion. We do indeed. And uh, they said, I don't know if he's old enough. Loads of people in Kings Lynn got jobs as extras, and there are hundreds of local legends about Natasha Kinski, Donald Sutherland, yeah. and the crew. Best stories from the landlord at the Crown and Mitre, Crown if and Mitre. that has survived the pandemic. So I don't know where this, this pub is. Oh, the Crown and Mitre, that's down beside the Globe. Is it still open? Uh, pass, I haven't been down there. Okay. Um, but it's where the Globe is, and you just go down to the bottom on the left. Are you old enough to remember any of this? No, I was about well, four. When would this have been filmed? Like eighty uh, four. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so maybe I'll not remember when it was going on. There'd be all the hubbub. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, I, I have have you seen Revolution? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you've seen it. Okay, because oh. I, I haven't. Oh, it's dreadful. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ashley! Spoiler: do you know, I don't think it's going to make his list. <laughs> do you, do you know, well, I love Kings Lynn. You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've watched the the original cut and the director's cut. The director's cut is better. Okay, um, but still not that great. But I love it for the Kingsland scenes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that and David Copperfield of the two that were filmed in the area, right? Yeah, yeah, Wait, the yeah. new one? Yeah. The one with Dev Patel, yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that film as well. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, Hermes, who thought um, on Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Liam was all like, uh, there's, a, there's a gif of Steve Carell from The Office saying, why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? <laughs> <laughs> but then Shoot the Flick said, I got a kick out of Liam this entire episode. Oh, so there you go. Thank you. Um, Ratchet Book Club for the love. Uh, back to Ryan to El Terry, who says, thanks for the shout out. I enjoyed the conversation. And they lecture on the authorship of cinema because they're a film professor at a major U.S. university. Oh, wow. Wow. Talk about expo- very yeah. kindly has not exposed my lack of knowledge yet because I only teach it at, at, at the high school level. But yeah, That's thanks, good. thanks yeah. a lot, Professor Terry, a Doctor Terry, maybe I don't know. Who knows? Let let us know. Should I be referred to as Doctor or Mister Terry, or can we just stick with Ryan L. Terry? <laughs> there we that. go. So thanks a lot for that, and uh, I think that for Christmas is a, is a great case study uh, for this sort of thing. I would do more of it. I do bring up Tim Burton as an auteur myself mm-hmm. when I teach the A level classes, but we don't have. We can't go fully deep dive into it because there's only so much scope we can do with what we have to cover, unfortunately. Yeah. But if you make your own course, different story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Step Taylor, who says, y'all must be a bunch of sweetie pops with those generous ratings for Nightmare Before Christmas. Wow. How, who gave it the highest? Ethan, maybe? I think it was, was seven and a half. Seven or, and a half, I yeah. think, yeah. Like, I went six and a half. I went six, didn't I? I think you might have. I think Georgia might have gone six and a half. I can't remember. I think yeah. I was. I think I was a week six, wasn't I? So, so granted, I am severely allergic to musicals and animation. So, in the words of Ian, such is. <laughs> do I say that a you lot? Do, oh, do, do I really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it says the film is, is messier than. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make this PG. The film is <laughs> the film is messier than a massage from Edward Scissorhands. Oh my But God. it made up for a wicked ep from the Oogie Boogie Bunch. <laughs> and says, P.S., the Roman range drop pops me every time. You mean... Acknowledge me. That's right. <laughs> We're acknowledging you. Thanks a lot for reaching out there, Step Taylor. Yeah. Uh, from friend of the podcast, he's here to take your confession. It's Reverend Bruce. Hallelujah. I don't think he's Catholic. I don't think he does confession. Maybe he does. <laughs> I don't know. Says, Katie, that's his wife, and I loved your review of Nightmare Before Christmas. When I told her I did not understand the story, she was just telling me mainly to just enjoy it. 
I just watched <laughs> Clockwork Orange and Eyes Wide Shut. There's a triple bill. Whoa. Clockwork Orange, Eyes Wide Shut. And then, what's this? What's this? What's Which this one's idea? the what's palate cleanser? You could have actually, I want to see a mashup now of what's this, what's this. We've seen some Clockwork Orange yeah. and Eyes Wide Shut. That's yeah. a much better version wow. of that. I uh, said so he was just in his My typical. Eyes would be wide shut closed. Yes. I <laughs> said so he was in his typical overanalyzing mode. Uh, the Conspiracy Me podcast for all the love. Real film reviewed podcast for thinking of us. Uh, Stew World Order. Cinema Recall. Cinema Recall was on uh, the quiz. We had Vern from Cinema Recall on that. I'm going to stop prompting whoever was on the show to respond because that would give away who the mystery guest is. Mystery <laughs> guest. So we've got the Paul and Griff show for the love. The nerdy photographer for all the love. Kids, what are we watching today for the love? So Wizard for the love. Kevin, our, our defending champion from the podcast that wouldn't die. Does he hold on to it? Let's go back and find out. Releasing Friday. Alex from Main Street Finance says, to clarify my comments on Nightmare for Christmas, uh, to me, plot is Jack tries a new holiday and it fails. And story is what happens in each scene. I feel it was a great idea, but the story wasn't there. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. I think you're right. Uh, I think Ethan's comment about how it should have been a 40-minute thing is 100% right. Mm-hmm. Trim it down. Make it a Christmas special. That's that's good enough. Don't, we, don't, we don't need to be a full 90 minutes, but look at me just winding people up some more. <laughs> that's what happens with the poem. I read the poem a while ago. It is not deserving of 90 minutes. No. It's no, very sure. A 40-minute, 30-minute yeah. kind of, here's a guy who tries to change it, realizes he's not the right guy for it, falls back in love with Halloween. Great story. Hmm. Uh, let's talk about a uh, friend of the podcast, Carlo, low, 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 Not only for all the love, but he was on your next favorite movie this week. Hey. And so I gave it a listen. Two of our favorite peeps coming together. They did Shawshank. Hey. Oh, love Shawshank. What a movie. Yeah. Uh, did you know it's the number one movie on the IMDb top 250 uh, chart? Really? Yes, it is. Um, then we've <laughs> got um, How Not to Summon a Podcast. Hey, who said, let's start. A special mention of BFE and the glorious others that bumped us to the level we're at. Thanks for the advice, the shout-outs, and the fun along the way. I want to clarify, this is a direct quote. Also, Liam, get your ass back on the show. We miss your glorious ass. <laughs> and all the noises it probably makes. I miss you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot. And then specifically Lestat, who kind of, we were doing okay with, like, no one was hating us, really. Yeah. Too much okay. on the not before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Before Christmas. Started winding people up. Oh, Says I'm totally on side with Sally and Jack not being necessary. Kind of forced and only there for Jack's plot. Sally totally doesn't pass the Bechtel test, which is true. He, yeah, the she Bechtel doesn't. test is about. In case someone's out there and hasn't heard of this, the Bechtel test is: Do two female characters have a conversation of any merit that's not about a boy? Oh, okay. And romantic interest thereof. Yeah. Okay. This clearly fails it. This doesn't make Nightmare Before Christmas alone in that regard, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean it fails it. It's just, I, th- I think it's just a comment. It's just one measure of <laughs> what is the film like. And then, Liam, I think this, we had a podcast response. It's very much like you, who was going, no, I'm defending this. Don't, and I don't think we're trying to cancel Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, God, no. Um, I, we really but, appreciate but, but, it. But, but, like, but I want to give a, a platform to the FJ podcast who said, Sally doesn't pass the Bechdel test because, A, she's the only female character of note, at which point I went, not really making a great I argument. Say, that's, that's not <laughs> the best And, B, argument. the Bechdel test doesn't enter the mainstream until 10 or so years later. I think more so than that. Ten or so years ago, decades after the film was made, I think it's even later than that. I think it's like 2012, 2013, 2014 when it hits the mainstream. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's used in theory like a bit before. But oh, it would have been published, yeah. but as far as like being circulated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To which point, uh, the FJ podcast continues. Many of our modern classics of the 70s and 80s failed the Bechdel test. I fully agree. Mm-hmm. Each Indiana Jones movie, both of the Ghostbusters films, I'm not big on those. All the Back oh, to the I Future <laughs> All the Back to the Future films, agreed. Top Gun, all the Star Wars movies. Do we hold all of these movies in the same contempt? And I said, no one's holding We're this in holding contempt. It. Hey, did you not listen to the podcast? I did the John Travolta gif where I was looking around going, who's who's holding it in contempt? I actually quite liked it more than I thought I do was. appreciate someone who's passionate about a film, though. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I do. Carlo came in and said, not passing the Bechdel test doesn't necessarily mean a dismissal or contempt towards a film. No. It's just an indicator of precisely those attitudes and trends of the past, and we can acknowledge that and yep. still appreciate a film yep. if it has merits. Which I think was a yeah, really yeah, nice yeah. way of that's, putting it. That's a really good response and, to that, actually, and, yeah. And really well said. Yeah, yeah. Well Thanks, Carlo. Yep. The film we did recently was Cool Hand Luke, and we said, like, roll oh, up Oh, totally women. fails the Bechdel test. It was yeah. Usual Suspects totally yep. fails the Bechdel test. Yep. But, but I loved it. But I loved it. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, even, even something as recent as Mank, I know it's yeah. set in the past, but that doesn't pass the Bechdel no, it doesn't. test mm. with, in any sort of shape no. or film. Like, so... Uh, the FJ podcast continues. If one's going to apply the Bechdel test of his movie, you need to also apply it to every movie that existed before it became a standard. I do. And if not, if sorry, and if Nightmare Before Christmas is being held on partial contempt for failing the test, every movie that fails, it has to be held in the same contempt. Me, who's holding in contempt? And Lestat revealed he's BFE's unofficially, uh, sorry, officially unofficial troll, which I said showed <laughs> some growth because before I called him a troll, and he went, "Who are you calling a troll?" <laughs> Uh, he says uh, that it's Stockholm Syndrome, and he now accepts his, his title. <laughs> so thanks for the conversation oh, you, bud, to the FJ podcast, to Carlo, to Lestat. Yeah, it's yeah, about having yeah. conversations. It's all about and conversations. As long as, bad, isn't it? as long as we can have that conversation at the end, you know, no one like permanently falls out or gets, you know, I'm angry with you. Yeah, well, different no. opinions. Yeah, yeah, And that's why we have things like, like this. If we all sat here and went, I really like that. I really like that, too. Me, yeah. too. Me, too. Welcome to our podcast. We're all <laughs> agree. Like, that wouldn't be fun, would it? No, no, no. no, 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 no. I would just like to add to that, like, I do also I, I don't as the female of the group currently I do hold all films to the same contempt if they don't pass it technically our podcast is currently failing the Bechdel test because we yeah. just have George it's just me we do yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> although you're not a fictional character that I'm aware of Ah, uh, well. There we go. Uh, chalkboard. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Chalkboard was said by more, I think it was five people this week. Hey. Hermes, Julene, Dwayne Smith, Josh from your next favorite movie, and my sister. So there we go. Well done, guys. Well Lots done. Lots of gifts, too. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, a cool. friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith, said, Georgia did a lot of solo singing this week, and I really enjoyed it. I'd love to hear what she sounds like when she isn't ill. Mm. I am honored and flattered, however. Sort out your like headphones or something because I was horrendous <laughs> last week. I'm so sorry. She's not wrong. It's, it's, it's nowhere near her best. I'll give her that. It was that bad. I took my uh, headphones off. Furthermore, says <laughs> I would love to see some love photos it. of the studio and of a sound effects button board. Maybe something you guys could do for Patreon. All about it. Absolutely. All yeah. about it. You yeah, will yeah. get. You will get to see. If you're on the Patreon, we don't give too much away, but there'll be a couple of times where you get to see the actual makeup and see as we film. Oh, we've already spoken about live. We've and talked uncensored. about that live yeah. and uncensored. There'll be drop-ins. I've got a plan for like a town hall. I'm calling it. So yeah, kind of like kind of like an ask BFE or a mail call, but with like the ability to actually hear your voice and actually have us respond in real time. So studio of awesomeness. Studio I look of very awesomeness. cool in my comfy chair. Yeah, you you do have kind of like, <laughs> I'm the, like the, the, of the you have, you have the you have the boss. So you're further yeah. back from the table. Yeah, and you have to handhold your mic, but you do have this great like relaxed posture. Say me and my sore back. I'm actually quite I'm, jealous of your chair currently. Go. <laughs> I'm going for this like captain of the Enterprise type thing right now. Um, 
Russell would like to see all that stuff we talked about too and asked will you guys be doing another watch along at some point or did you not think the feature worked I think it worked yeah. the hard part is how do you do this and I think it works better for bad films yeah, yeah absolutely because yeah, yeah, yeah. we can just like absolutely rib on it the well because way well not even that but I mean, outside of going I like this like this too I mean what would happen is we'd have to choose a movie I'd be sitting there going I just want to do a re- regular review on this yeah mm-hmm. as opposed to talking m- my way through it yeah uh, so either we had to do one we've already done at which point does that have a play or do we choose something that's intentionally Ooh. a bit a bit rough could you imagine doing w- that again and watch that yeah it'd be a bit it had to be the right movie it would yeah train spotting but for something <laughs> but for something you could sort of talk about and go ooh I don't know oh well, that's funny or oh that's dated badly mm-hmm. you know you could go ahead and have a crack at something like that yeah. you know maybe some you know maybe something horrendous or I like the fact that we hadn't seen Tall Girl before yeah like and was, was able to do that now with the big TV here at the Studio of Awesomeness I mean it does give us an opportunity to sort of just run the sound and watch it and just what? cut loose I didn't enjoy the movie but I did enjoy recording it it was a lot of fun recording yeah, it, yeah. Was, wasn't it? So I think what we're saying, Russell, is yes, but it's going to be a bit, sp- uh, it's, you know, sporadic. We, we did it April Fool's last year. That feels yeah, like the yeah, right yeah. time to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But if you've got any film suggestions for it, let us know, because we can always consider them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There I is mean, a film called Sneakerella, which is Cinderella, but with trainers, and I really want to see it, because I, I mean, know it's going to be terrible. Well, we be, it is possible. I'll give you this one. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't mind presenting this, depending on how much time people have. Okay. Just before Christmas... Because we know Netflix has these horrendous Christmas films. Yes, yes. If we chose a random bad Netflix Christmas film and just put it on. In. Don't they tie them all in? They have some of them do. Of, they have a yeah. universe, but also the movies of those films existed in those universes. But if we so just cracked so one on completely sight unseen and just recorded, it would take very little editing on my part to put it out there in time for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might be an idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a Christmas present to you all. Well, yeah. There's our regular Christmas present, and there's this one. So then we got yeah. some stuff there. So there we go. The BFE podcast gets cold, but everyone else gets gold. Because last year, our Christmas present <laughs> was an unannounced dropping of uh, Bob a Christmas Carol, I believe. Yeah, it was. It was. What, what might Santa have on an tree this year? Who knows? Mm, who knows? No. John McLean. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? A turbo Man toy. Oh, um, imagine. Reverend Bruce said, forgive me for a quiet week on Twitter. I'm like, Reverend Bruce, you have tweeted me like 15 times. Buddy. <laughs> That's not quiet. But he says, I've just closed the purchase of his neighbor's house in the coast of Maine. As he looks in the sun, he's looking at Spain a few degrees north, and I'm looking at y'all, and I called out for a very extreme long-distance high five. Dwayne Smith said, as soon as Ian said bullets in the chamber, I knew what his pick for, for this week was. I'm very interested to hear how this one turns out. Josh responded, oh, I did too, mainly because he said the exact line when he did my show uh, Dwayne said maybe that's why I knew it was coming it's his go-to film when he talks about his favorites and he wants to cover in future I wonder what will replace it Josh says that I don't know interested to find out for sure this is not the only bullet in my chamber I promise you that it's just the one I've made public reference to I don't think it'd be a chamber if you only had one bullet in it you have a bullet in the chamber well, yeah, yeah. But that's a bit pointless. And then that. Revelyn Bruce said, he and his lovely wife, Katie, love, love, love this movie. The score for them will be high, but just how high you'll find out. And that's the preview for what we're doing. So you'll find out what we Ooh, think of it now, yeah. too. Really quickly, because we're running a little bit long. Shout out to Fantasy Football this week. Fantasy Football. I'm uh, not doing too I'm well. playing Amanda from the SIP list. I'm second. She's eighth. Georgia's got Sean from Cheap Seat Reviews, but mm-hmm. you had a very good Thursday. Or he had a very bad Thursday, maybe I should say. I say I've not scored any points yet. So. No, but he's got a, he's got a red number, so that yeah. means yeah. So uh, Alex from Main Street Finance and Ellie, 
Ooh. Ellie's in first. Alex isn't. That's what happened last year in the final. Come on, Ellie. Come on. Oh, Ellie. Has she lost? She lost one game, I think, this year. Uh, so there we go. Yeah, she's at one. And then defining Disney in ninth against Liam in tenth. Three wins in a row. Three wins. Who would have thought that, eh? Not you when you were going, oh, I don't know why I played this year. You don't realize, you don't realize how, I'm not how gonna win anything. this is for me. It is. Know? I've been swapping players around. I've been dropping people. You're You've active. It's good. People. You've it's been good. playing the game. Exactly. <laughs> Beckham Jr. Jesus, he's going to do well looking for He's on my team now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much to everybody who got involved with us. If you want to be involved in the conversation, we're on Twitter at Best Film Ever Pod. Join the fledgling fandom. Join the conversation. Let's have do some do you know what, right? Sometimes you hear from me on Twitter, right? Very rarely. Sometimes. But yes. Very rarely, but sometimes you hear me, right? Because things pop up and I answer these questions or, you know, say thank you. Uh, and then I can never find them again. Uh, I can show you how to look back into your mentions, and that'll help you find p- people who have talked to you directly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, this film, which might have spoken to someone else directly. Um, I know, that's, that's what we call segue in the business here. Um, <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, uh, who'd seen this before? I'd seen this before. I'd seen it before. No. I had this my first time. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm really interested in hearing about this then. Wow, I, okay. I, I put it off until, because I, I figured we'd record it at some point. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'll, I'll just wait. Yeah, films that are really highly regarded, I don't watch anymore. unless yeah. just for the pod. I'm like, cause I, I want to like watch it and then have my first thing be this thing on it yeah so um my dr- first viewing too so how long's it been i mean my first viewing's years ago this was recommended to me by a was this recommended yes it was it was recommended to me by a former teacher i had years later when i ran into them was was helping out when i was becoming a trainee teacher i uh i sort of did some in- interning or volunteering and stuff like that and they said you gotta watch this film this is a great film and i was like all right i put it on not really expecting much and then you know obviously i brought it to the table this week so i enjoy the film you did uh georgia I think I probably watched it for the first time three or four years ago. It, it is one that I go on about a lot. Yeah. You do. If you've been around me. Mm-hmm. You do. I, I, don't, I don't do spoilers. No. But I just say, you you, you got to see Little Miss Sunshine. Let's just say I was shouting at the TV a, a lot. A lot, yeah. <laughs> uh, the film, directed by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris. They're a husband and wife directing team. This Aww. is the first film they ever directed. Wow. wow. But they've got a lot of history with commercials and music videos and things like that. You can see that. They went on to direct other films such as Battle of the Sexes and Ruby Sparks. Oh, I love both of those films. Oh, I've been telling everybody this week, that's Ruby Sparks we're covering, right? <laughs> Because I totally forgot that was a little misunderstanding. Yeah, there's a reason Wait, why we don't let you Paul handle Dano the Twitter. Film as well, isn't it? <laughs> Paul Dano in the yeah. lead role in that. Yeah, he's great Ooh. in it. They've also done a series of music videos, Liam, including More Than Words by Extreme. Oh, great Been song. Caught Stealing by Jane's Addiction. Oh, like 1979, Addiction. Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sing by Travis. Ooh, I love that song. Side by Travis. Ooh. And the big one, they did the video for All Around the World by hey, Oasis. Whoa. All Around the World. To be fair, I hate the video, but it's cool that they did it. Gotta spread the word. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Usually what we say when we're talking about our charting. Uh, written by Michael Arndt. This was his debut as a writer. Uh, previously, sorry, since then has done Toy Story 3. Oh, that's good. Star Wars The Force Awakens. Not so good. Oh. Probably, <laughs> no, that was the good one of a, of a new trilogy, well, I think. Well, yeah. Probably why I, I liked, liked it, it so much. Yeah. Uh, cinematography by Tim Surstedt. Uh, who's done sex tape? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the the terrible one with Jason Segal. Yes. Oh no, Jason Segal. It's not Segal. He's not Steven Segal. It's no. Jason Segal. All about Steve, which might be the worst film ever made. Never seen it. Oh, it really is a candidate for it. If you've seen All About Steve, let me know. Verify for me. I took some heat on Ed Wood. Please don't come at me and say <laughs> All About Steve's a great film. It's really not. Um, Seventeen again. Huh. Oh, I love that. Not bad. Summer Catch. 
Uh, no. The no. Wedding Singer. Hey! Oh! And Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Incredible. Cool. So, you know, Bill and Ted, England. and then you think about Little Miss Sunshine. Two very different films. Completely. Um, also, we've got music by Michael Dana, uh, who does, has also done Johnny Mnemonic, Girl Interrupted, 500 Days of Summer, Life of Pi, Fracture, and The Good Dinosaur. Aww. That's varied. So we've got a backstory here on the development. It's a bit of a long story, but it took a long time. So let's talk about it. Sure. Little Miss Sunshine is a 2006 American tragic comedy road film and the directorial debut of Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris, a husband-wife directing team. It was written by a first-time writer, Michael Arndt, and the directing style for the film involved a high level of improv, yeah, of improv <laughs> to allow the actors to create Much organic like connections to yeah. the roles. <laughs> yeah, there's some podcasts that script everything they're going to do. That ain't, that ain't us. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't us. No. Michael Arndt had to quit his job as Matthew Broderick's personal assistant to write the film. Whoa. Really? Good kinda, choice. Kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah. I'd like to be a PA. He wrote <laughs> He wrote the first draft of Little Miss Sunshine in three days between wow. May 23rd and 26th, 2000. So it doesn't come out to 2006. From Talking that, of being a PA, I'd like to be a PA for Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, there we go. Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer. I think that that, that, that soundbite is the reason why they'll never hire you to be the PA. <laughs> oh. From that initial draft, he made approximately 100 revisions over the course of the year, requested input from friends and family, and thought he might direct it himself as a no-budget direct-to-video to feature because he thought the story was too small and indie to get any real attention from Hollywood and was just hoping to raise several thousand dollars and use a camcorder to do the job. Wow. Instead, he did give the screenplay to a couple of producers, Ron Yaxera and Albert Berger, who teamed up to find a potential director. Uh, and they eventually gave the script to commercial and music video directors Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris, who were immediately attracted to the project and were signed on by a producer called Mark Turtletob, who purchased the script from Arndt for $250,000. That's an incredible name. Turtletob. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so... They have, the producers met the directors, gave them the script, and the directors commented saying this film really struck a chord. We felt it was written for us. It was pitched to several studios. The only interested one was Focus Features, who are a Canadian production oh, company. Oh yeah. And they wanted to film it in Canada. Canada! That causes all sorts of problems. If you're going to fly these children who are supposed to be in the beauty pageant, yeah. To Canada. Unless you here's a thought though. You could just cast Canadians, eh? Hey. Mm. But we're not big beauty pageant people. Like the thing about beauty pageants, it's not. weird. It is weird. We're gonna talk about yeah. that when we get closer it's to the pageant, but it's weird. weird. It is. I weirdly have stories and they're all weird. Focus features wanted the film to be centered around Richard specifically. And when Michael Arndt disagreed, he was fired. Ooh. And replaced by another writer. The new writer added several scenes, including uh, Richard's confrontation with Stan Grossman. Uh, a corporate change in focus features brought in the new studio head, and Arndt was then rehired when the previous new writer quit after four weeks of rewriting the script. <laughs> so after two years of pre-production, focus features dropped the film, and Mark Turtletob spent $400,000 to buy back the rights for the film, and he paid for the full $8 million budget. Because, you know, you got it. The if real money's in it. producing, I tell you this. It is, it is, it is. This allowed Little Miss Sunshine to be filmed, and it doesn't film until June 6, 2005. So five years after writing it, it's now being filmed. Uh, it was over 30 days in Arizona and Southern California, so mostly yeah. true to the locations they claimed. 
uh, Arndt rewrote the ending to the film six weeks before the film's release at Sundance Film Festival, and that that part was filmed in December 2005. Uh, following the premiere at Sundance in January 20th, 2006, several studios placed bids. So this is what you do. You want to get a wide release. You put it on at a, at a, at a film festival, and you hope one of the major studios sees it and is willing to put it like nationwide. Or else it would end up on Netflix, on Prime, direct video Oh, okay. So so we could collectively make a movie we ourselves. Can, we can make a movie independently. Yeah. We right. could then go to... to, to speaking of which, Norwich Film Festival starts in just a couple of days. I'm excited hey. about this. Ooh. Very cool. Take a look, see some films, hopefully have a couple of conversations with some directors in the area and internationally. Yeah. yeah. That'd be really, really cool. But there is like one for Norfolk specifically. There's like, a, like, an, like an East Anglia award. So it'd be good Ooh. to sort of get in contact oh. with some specifics. But... We can make a film. We go to a film festival like the Norwich Film Festival mm-hmm. or somewhere else and hope that studios would send people to look there for films they could go ahead and, and sort of blow up big. So if I'm not mistaken, things like The Blair Witch Project was one of those things. I don't know for sure. It might have been more or less. that. One, see, you can also make it and just send it to a, uh, to a studio and say, what do you think? Because Channel 4 used to do a thing called um, short films and uh, on Film 4 and stuff. Yep. And they'd be like late night things. You could literally make a movie and they would look at it, watch it and see it. If I was good enough, they'd stick it on TV. I believe when we talked about Four Weddings and a Funeral, I think this was a similar idea. Because yeah. they went to Sundance with that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they showed it and it created a bit of a bidding war. And it was eventually won by Fox Searchlight Pictures. And there was a time mm. when Fox Searchlight had all the big ones. Mm. They had Full Monty. Yep. They had Waking Ned Divine. Or Waking Ned, it might have been called over here. Waking Ned, Oh, it's a great little film. So, yeah, there was a time on Fox Searchlight. We're just buying films for small small amounts of money and just putting them out there and seeing what hits. Yeah. 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 Why wouldn't you? Absolutely, right? Yeah. And so so, um, Fox Searchlight Pictures won offering $10.5 million, plus they promised to pay 10% of the gross revenues. Hmm. The deal occurred less than a day after the premiere was one of the biggest deals made in the history of the festival. And the film was dedicated to Rebecca Anito, the niece of producer Peter Seraph, and an extra in the scene set in the diner and the convenience store who was killed in a car accident on September 14th, 2005. Oh. I know. Didn't know that. No. There's no Chiron that comes up, at least not near the start. No. So uh, let's start with the deep dive. Um, we open, and before we see anything, we just hear that bum, 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 yeah. bum, bum. And uh, I'm just, I think about it, is it? Hello, best... Oh, that's not it. (laughs) That's two weeks in a row. Danny, you got on there again. I really should change the colors of that button. And you have that, and it comes in, and it's just that, and and then you get that first shot, and it's it's just the the, the eyeglasses Mm. of Olive. But the music is so well done. Did you recognize the music, either of you two? No. Oh. Oh, no. If you listened, do you remember both of you were in the Crucible? Yes. And you already know. Really? Listen to it. So this is Danny again. I'm going to be really embarrassed. <laughs> oh. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So that's because it was by the same band, the band called Devotchka, who did oh. How It Ends. Uh, the producers, or the directors, sorry, uh, were listening to um, the, the radio one day, and they've come across um, the score for, sorry, I'm just going to try to say this here. 
director of Dayton and Ferris were introduced to Vodka's music after hearing the song You Love Me on Los Angeles' KCRW radio. They were so impressed they purchased iPods for cast members containing Vodka albums. And they brought in a guy called Michael Dana to help arrange pre-existing materials into a movie score and collaborate with Vodka on new material for the film. So I think technically it's music nice. by Michael Dana with featuring the songs of Vodka. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I love that. But I love Div- I love the fact that we kind of like Danny Elfman. Yeah, we talk about a guy who was in a band. Yep, and then sort of found a new sort of thing for himself in in film scoring. We sort of have that with Davochka here. Funny how things turn out. And the main song, which is uh, called "The Winner Is," is a direct sort of reimagining of their previous song, "How It Ends," oh. which I used when we did the Crucible to make people cry. Yeah, <laughs> and this is kind of the opposite of it. So there we go. Um, the Little Miss Sunshine score, as a result, was not eligible for Academy Award consideration because the percentage of material derived from already written Davochka songs. Okay, yeah. Mm. One member of the cast really dug their sound and became such a fan, they visited the band in subsequent recording sessions. Direct quote, they came by the studio a couple times when we were recording. They even played some glockenspiel on a couple of tracks. Who do you think it is who joined Davochka in the studio? This feels like such a very Steve Carell it's thing. Such a Michael Scott move. Yeah. Steve Carell? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I think it's the granddad. The granddad? Yeah. <laughs> that would be very Alan Arkin, to be fair. Greg Kinnear. Really? Yeah. Wow. So Richard Hoover is kind of like hitting like a glass <laughs> in that polo shirt. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, first shot, we meet Olive Hoover, Hoover, played by Abigail Breslin. I still stand to this day, the greatest prepubescent acting performance I've ever seen in my life. So she has the sweetest smile in oh. this film. The casting directors, Kim Davis and Justine Bradley, traveled to every English-speaking country to search for the actress to portray Olive Hoover, and they finally chose Abigail Breslin through an audition when she was six. Oh. And that open shot, it's the oversized glasses, an extreme close-up, and you can see the reflection of, little, of uh, Miss America yeah. in her eyes. Yeah, clever. And she's aping and mimicking the um, the actions, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the sort of Celebration celebrations. Shot, yeah. Here's how you do that fake, like, I'm so happy, <laughs> got a face. And bless her, she really thinks that if it's all about, like, getting these motions down that's going to make you win, when it's not, and we get this low shot, this low angle, which makes her look really, really big, which is not typically how you shoot beauty queens. No. <laughs> And she's in like this mismatched like outfit, and she's to quote to quote Dwayne later in the movie, she's just not a beauty queen. Yeah. And then we hear there are two types of people in this world: winners and losers. Yeah. And you're like, which one's Olive? Oh, don't. Because the winner's on the TV screen, so what does that leave us? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Oh, I just then, don't want to think about it. And it was Jacob, and then we cut to Richard, and Richard looks really successful. <laughs> and we introduced all these characters through like these mini sort of vignettes. But it's funny because I said to you, I got this feeling that he's going to be going to an well, it's empty a setup, room. Isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. he get the first is just a close up, and he's doing all the right. He looks like he's doing the part, he and does. then we cut, and it's an overhead projector. I love that. one of the old ones. I love that overhead projector, and you can see it's not that impressive a stage, but he's still doing okay. Yeah. And then the final reveals from his perspective, looking out, there's like five people in this room he's talking to, and the one guy even claps. You're like, please don't clap, <laughs> please don't. So he's not nearly the successful guy. The refuse to lose program, and you're like the nine steps and he's completely completely in or was it 12 steps denial nine steps nine yeah. completely in denial that he's uh he's not the winner he thinks he is and we go from that and the next person we meet is uh we meet Dwayne, played by paul dano 
Who looks Dwayne. like <laughs> He looks like <laughs> Dwayne Hold the Smith, yes. <laughs> he looks like a very um Dwayne Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> He looks like a very, very young uh, Kylo Ren. What Adam Driver? Yeah, this was that. This was that terrible hairstyle that was everywhere around this time. Yeah, where kids would like dye their hair like jet black. Like just, I remember at this time going, "This looks so stupid." And remember the first time I knew I was, I was sort of passing that because every teenage group has their own sort of things, and it was the first time I went. This is this is a bit beyond me. I would have been about twenty five and just going. It's no longer about me anymore. There's a new generation doing things new behind you. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm just going. That just looks so. My my buddy Jason had that haircut. I was like, I was like, that looks so stupid. Sorry, I've had so many haircuts. I've never had that one though. (laughs) I did have that one, and uh, it was the cringiest thing ever because I was thirteen. Yeah. I dyed my hair black once. I look so sick. <laughs> I'm very pale. Like, as we yeah, know, I'm very, yeah, very pale. Yeah, yeah. Now, you make it just black and white. Like, I look like, I look like I'm in, like, an old black and white film. <laughs> like, there's no pigmentation to my skin, almost. I think so. when we like did Gary 12th Newman. Night, that was the darkest I've had my hair, because it was matching Ethan's, mm. and I also looked like yeah. I was in a black and white film. <laughs> uh, Paul Dano was cast as Dwayne two years before production began, and in preparation for portraying his character, he spent a few days taking his own vow of silence. Mm. I wouldn't have guessed this was Paul Dano until I checked the IMDb through the age game, and my my brain was blown. Yeah, there's a bunch of characters I can't I can't participate in because in the research I found like a bunch of ages. The Batman's own Paul Dano. Yeah, yeah. I did 48 hours silence once for charity. Yeah, um, and people are still talking about that to this day. I did. <laughs> I did about 45 minutes once, which, if you consider how much I talk, is the equivalent of like two <laughs> days. 48 hours. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've just never shut up. And then we meet uh, Edwin Grandpa Hoover, played by Alan Arkin. And I don't know if you noticed, but the score goes minor and it goes low here. Everyone's looking at that bump, 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 yeah, yeah, bump. Yeah. And it goes boom. I warmed up to him. As you should, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah um, he was initially considered too young for the role. Really? I think the minor key and the low pitch foreshadows that he's got doing some dodgy stuff and then he's going to die. <laughs> yeah. And he's sniffing heroin. He is? The heroin's actually crushed up vitamin B tablets. Okay. Yeah, that's still not good for snorting, though, is it? Well, if you got to snort something, I mean, geez. Well, I'd rather not snort it's anything. It's not like Ewan McGregor, who was, you know, said he was thinking about maybe going on, going method and actually trying it. And you're like, no, no, don't, don't do that. No. I just know him as the granddad in uh, uh, the, what was it, Santa Claus 2. Just the wife's wife's dad. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, I saw that once and purged it from my head. <laughs> uh, and then we meet Cheryl Hoover, played by Tony Collette, who Liam went, is that Tony Collette? And I went, yep. I got so excited. I love Tony Collette. She's great. She's she great. And the second time I think we've seen her on the pod, because we saw her in Knives Out. Yeah, yeah. she's an actress actor. Oh, she is in there. She is. <laughs> yeah, she's. she can just do. like what, What's, yeah. what's the character? She's a character actress. Yeah, three, yeah, yeah, three yeah. billboards. No, it's not. She's uh, not that's three. not three billboards. Uh, that's that's uh, Frances McDermott. Yeah, yeah. She's in Hereditary, and she's fantastic in that. Nice save. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, going to mention Hereditary, but you know that one. Oh, no. Uh, so uh, we go back to the major key for Cheryl, and she's lying about her smoking. So we got like, this is like a functional family. They're all mm. kind of, and there's a reason why we're introduced to themselves by themselves. Yeah. Because they're not a family. They're just a bunch of people. Yep. So, uh, and we find out that she's on her way to get someone, and they can't go anywhere else. And there's her meet Uncle Frank, played by Steve Carell. Originally written for Bill Murray. Really? Oh, wow. Bill Murray would have been good in this. It would have. A bit old, though. Bit, yeah. Yeah. 2006, uh, did you say? Yeah. 2005 
No, I think it'd be. He's, right. he's a good 10, 15 years older than Steve Carell, minimum. Oh yeah, yeah. minimum. Yeah, um, oh yeah, yeah, Tony Clark. And with yeah. quite a young granddad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Good point. Good Bill point. Murray is the granddad. Would have been good. Yeah. Good. Um, there was studio pressure for Robin Williams. Ooh. Still a bit too old. Oh, he, he could do it though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the directing duo chose Steve Carell for the role a few months before filming began in an interview revealed when we met with Steve Carell, we didn't know he could do this based upon what he'd done. But when we met with him and talked to him about the character, the tone of the movie and the way we were approaching it, he was right on the same page as us. Because for years, he was just a guy who helped John Stewart on The Daily Show. He was a, a correspondent. He did like monologues for fun. Very similar to like Nish Kumar in this country. Oh, okay. Yeah, he would yeah, be like on that sort of a show. He'd yeah, be on like yeah, Mock yeah. the Week. He'd be on yeah, like these sorts yeah, of things, yeah, yeah. right? But he'd be a character, much like Nish Kumar. That's yeah, why I bring him up. Yeah, yeah, I watched yeah. an old Steve Carell like um, Colbert type thing right before I watched this where they played two waiters that vomit at food. And it's so different. Is this, on, is this on the Dana Carvey show? Because they were both members of the yeah. cast of the Dana Carvey show. Yeah. Um, so producers of the film were worried he was not a big enough star and didn't have much acting experience. Then as he films this and between filming it and releasing it, he gets cast in and it's released. The, uh, the 40 year old virgin becomes uh-huh. the highest grossing film of, uh, the summer of 2006. Uh, sorry, he's, the summer of 2005. He's good in this. Oh, he is, yeah. yes. I don't like Steve Carell normally. But I'm not oh, usually a big... So when I first no. saw him, I was like, oh, because I'd seen early... And if you see early seasons, like season one, season two, Michael Scott in The yeah, Office, yeah. he's a bit grating. Now, he's supposed to be because they haven't figured like out him. they yeah. haven't figured out what he is yet because yeah. they're trying to make him Ricky Gervais. Okay. Yeah. And it wasn't working for two reasons. Number one, he's not Ricky Gervais. And no. number two, Americans and Canadians don't want to see Ricky Gervais. It's no. not the kind of humor we like. They even no, give no. him the hair as well in the first se- season. And it's on the not fir- nice. Well, in the first season, it's his, well, it's, it, that's his actual hair. He gets plugs between season one and season two. Oh, no. Yeah, he does. And he loses weight. So he looks a lot better. Um, and so during this point, he'd won a Golden Globe for Best Lead Actor in a Comedy Television Series. So that now, when he's when the film's coming out, he's the guy they're pushing out to do all the uh, oh. all, all, all oh. the promo work for it. So, and then we see him, and he's on the left side of the screen, and there's all this negative, empty space behind him. So he looks empty. He looks a it's very very he looks, blue. As he, well. It's blue. He looks abandoned, and then we have mm. a close up on his face, oh. and he just looks awful awful and this is where we put the title card little miss sunshine over the face and i'm like oh it's this kind of movie is it (laughs) what's this and we see cheryl come up and the doctor says we'd like to keep him here but you know it's the she goes yeah yeah i know the insurance he is the second or first leading proof scholar even if he loses his job he would have had health insurance yeah 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 but it's one of those things we need to overlook because the movie has to happen of course as some people would say there we are um and she goes, she says, gives him a hug from behind and says, I'm glad you're still here. And he goes, that makes one of us. Makes one of us. Yeah. I know. Jeez. And so we go to the house and this may as well be Breaking Bad. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's, it's the house from Breaking Bad pretty much. It's, it's wood paneling. Same, yeah, the same panels. The, it doesn't quite have the drop kitchen. thing, but outside of that, it's, yeah. it's Breaking Bad. It's oh, very, seen Breaking Bad. it's very New Mexico, this yeah. house. Yeah, um, and so we find out that Frank is going to be staying with Dwayne because the doctor says he can't be by himself and he needs to leave the door open if he's by himself. <laughs> Pre-dinner, Grandpa and Oliver are rehearsing in the basement. Richard comes home and he wants to know if Stan Grossman called and then he's listening to the message. He goes, it's your sister. He goes, fuck. 
<laughs> and you get this is not a cohesive family. This is a dysfunctional family. Very dysfunctional. Which I think we enjoy because we can relate to a dysfunctional family way yeah. more than we can, uh, uh, yep. you know, oh, yeah, relate yeah. to a perfect family. Yeah. And that's going to happen over and over and over again. And we find out that, of course, Richard can't get a hold of Stan Grossman. And we find out through some, you know, he's leaving a message. Oh, I just want to know if this dang book deal is going to happen. It might be the laziest bit of exposition in the whole film. Just a bit. But it happens so early, I can forgive it. Yeah. Um, Dwayne sets the table, and it's paper plates and fried chicken. So it's the illusion of a family dinner, mm-hmm. but it's not really a family dinner. Because <laughs> it's like, just chucking the plates. Oh, just chucking the plates. <laughs> Frank discovers that Dwayne doesn't speak because of Frederick Nietzsche. Frederick goes, Nietzsche, who's he? He's 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 a philosopher. Oh, okay. He gets mentioned in uh, Fish Called Wanda. Oh, did he's he? talking to when um, Otto is uh, torturing Ken. He gets everything wrong. Like he thinks he's an intellectual, right? And he mm-hmm. says, "You know what the Nietzsche said about uh, animals? They were God's second blunder." It was funny because it was a name that I'd, I'd heard of, but I didn't understand. He's just a philosopher, a fairly oh, okay. a fairly modern one, yeah, yeah, who yeah. has obviously Dwayne is sort of adopted and can sort of be those kinds of viewpoints that young people can gravitate towards, those sort of, you know, absolutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he's 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 going on board with that. Uh, and we, then we get to a dinner scene, and that's an important scene because everybody so far has been up to themselves, individualized, not together. And in the dinner scene, we're gonna take all these people, we're gonna smash them together and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And it's great. Um, Frank and Dwayne are sitting side by side, and their costuming is actually quite similar. Mm. I wrote that down Did for, you? for some future stuff. Yeah. It's all of this scene, that, and the cinematography as well, the way that they space everyone apart, yeah. especially um, Dwayne and... Uh, I always forget the dad's name. Richard. Richard. The way that they're spaced apart as well, like, separated in that scene. Fantastic. Contrasting colors in the costume. Yeah. And so Frank has almost this Jesus-looking thing going on with this he white does. T-shirt and the beard and the full length on the, and, he, and white trousers for large portions yeah, of the yeah, film yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And so he like, and Dwayne both wear white, which and they're, they're shot in two shots a lot, which suggests yeah. maybe they're going to get on eventually. Yeah, yeah, because they do. They, they pair them off they, quite a lit. They do pair them off, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that through the whole film. Yeah. So uh, we get that, uh, and then he's asking them, you know, well, who do you hang out with? And he goes... I hate everyone. He found out this is how Dwayne's going to speak in the film. He's going to write everything down. And he goes, not your family. He underlines everyone. Everyone. Now, my argument here is, although Dwayne's kind of interesting, my my thesis is Dwayne's a dick. Yeah. Like, he's he's an an edgy teen. He's an ungrateful bastard is what he is. Yeah. Uh, Because he's just, he really is just a jerk. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, I think you can understand why, but oh, I disagree because I think I, I, I'm going to give you a proof in a minute. Okay, okay. Um, and then we take a look, and Frank comes up. Sorry, Richard comes up, and he sees Frank, and he goes, "Hi, Richard." Frank, and he shakes his hand, like a with this formal introduction, like he doesn't know who he is. <laughs> Secondly, you know, Frank is a few hours removed from cutting his wrists. Is the assumption because of the, yeah. the bandages around his wrists? Yep. Maybe a handshake's not the best shout. No. That causes, like, your tendons and your wrist to move. <laughs> he's always in business mode. I, I really oh, like, he's, he's I love schmoozing. that about his character. He's all, like, the he, the whole thing with, like, those self-help gurus is it, it always seems like a lie, but he's the one that's yeah. lying to himself. I, lo- I love that. And then he sits down, and he's, he's really awkward, and he looks around, and he readjusts his cutlery, and he <laughs> drums the table, and he kind of sniffs his nose. He goes... 
I'm going to go get all of it. <laughs> That's how many bales. Because he can't deal with it. No, I which I think is great. For a guy who's supposed to be a, a professional communicator. Yeah, yeah, I think it's hilarious. Uh, we get the glassware put down and it's mismatched. So, you know, despite the fact they won't let him have, like, you know, any sharp objects around him, we can give him a glass <laughs> drink. It's Mayor McCheese. <laughs> Right, he's got Elmo on his on his bedspread, or Bert and Ernie. He's got Mayor McCheese it's in his hand, brilliant. but the glasses are different from for everyone. It is so mismatched. just like the family. Yep, the glassware is mismatched as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so we get that. It gives you a sense of like not being particularly well off either. Like they've not got a set of cutlery. Oh, absolutely, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, you know, do you know what would have been funny though if they'd put the glasses down and then took the glass away from him, put a plastic beaker? See, I would have liked the plastic. That would have made mm, more sense for it me, would, wouldn't it? But I think the image of looking, I think it's easier to see that shot of him holding it if it's glass. Yeah, but you could you could take. Oh, yeah. Sorry, wrong, wrong cup. Yeah, you yeah, could yeah, still yeah. do that. You're right. <laughs> Um, and then all- olives. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we find out Dwayne's taking a vow of silence. Olive runs up and Frank says, Oh, she's getting big, almost like a real person. She notices <laughs> his arms and Richard's quick to distract her. Yeah. Tell us about your how's your how's your how's your routine coming? And the grandpa goes, Ah, oh, it's not ready yet, needs work. And then he looks at the chicken and he freaks out. <laughs> and we see this through Frank's eyes, because we haven't been here before either, right? No, no, no. Terrified. So all the cutaways to Frank teaches us how we should be reacting. Mm. So when grandpa's like, It's the fucking chicken every night, it's the damn chicken. And we cut away to Frank who just looks terrified. <laughs> and we get it through like Frank's point of view. So grandpa's shot from underneath. He's wearing a leather vest. He's shouting. He's dropping swear words. This is not how you would imagine your grandparent. When George's grandma occasionally gives us audio <laughs> clips, this is not who we get. Oh, no, no. we love her. But I think we can relate to someone like this in our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The person who's off color, shall we say. Um, and so uh, there's so much shallow depth of field because they're talking about the Val of Silence. Um, Greg Kinnear, who plays Richard, has this piece of chicken and he's like talking with it and like direct. He's so good. Mm. He goes, may not be your dream, may not be mine. And yet throughout this whole dinner scene, no two characters are in focus at the same time. One is always out of focus. One is always in focus. Very true. To show that they're again, like, like, I was sort of ideologically opposed. They're yeah, not a family. Yeah. Yeah. I think is with that, with the exception of Dwayne and uh, except for occasionally we get that straight, yeah, straight two on shot. two shot. Yeah. Occasionally we also get two shots of Cheryl and Olive, and we get two shots of Richard and Grandpa. Yeah. So we do have these pairings that very much these are the stories that get paired off a lot. These yeah. are our three mm. main stories being presented to us, and we see around the dinner table. Um, and so, uh, we find out that Frank wants, all this is, how did it happen? And everyone's like, well, what are, uh, are we going to talk about this? And Frank wants to share what's happened to him. And now, because, because before we were living life through, through Frank, because he was the surrogate. He didn't know anything. So as he finds out information, we find out information. Now we flip it and Olive and Richard are kind of our surrogates and we live through them. And he's going, well, you see, the thing is, I mean, these great cutaways to Greg Kinnear, who's doing what I would be going, wait, are we really talking? <laughs> things you don't talk about literally at the dinner table, right? I thought it was quite good. I like the, um, I like the tension. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. Cheryl's reaction. Like, well, 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 it's, was it honesty time or something? I'm pro honesty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and you can see the improv here where he goes, I'm going to tell me. He goes, no, he goes, don't answer the question, Frank. He goes, well, <laughs> I wanted to kill myself. Don't let me. He's sick. He's sick. He's sick in the head. <laughs> 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 and then uh, Cheryl pulls rank and says, go ahead. And just Frank just glares at him. Yeah. Probably glare. And then goes back to his story. 
and uh, says, I wanted to kill myself because I, I fell in love with someone who didn't love me back. Yes, I loved him very much. He goes, a boy? You fell in love with a boy? That's silly. And we cut I away to Grandpa going, mind. Grandpa goes, there's another word for it. <laughs> <laughs> and without looking, Richard just goes, Dad, because they, they know what they're getting. No one else is emotionally thrown off by, by, by Grandpa because this is what, the, what life is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, so that's when you tried to kill yourself. And he goes, well, no. You see, the thing was he fell in love with my rival, Larry Sugarman, and he's the most, second most pronounced Proust scholar. I'm number one. And she goes, oh, so that's when you tried to kill yourself. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, the repetition through a child? Oh, no. Of this, yeah. So that's when you tried to, from a high-angle shot, because yeah, we're looking yeah, down yeah. on her. And this, like, it just doesn't, it's such this dark humor that it turns, so that's when you tried to kill yourself, into a punchline. It does, it does. Because they go, hey. So, so that's your idea. No, no, you see, I was fired and forced out of my apartment. At which point, Grandpa blows his nose in case you have anything. And she goes, and now she's smiling, eating her chicken. And that's when you tried to kill yourself. And he goes, no, all that, so good. all that stuff would have been good, except they gave him some genius grant. And that's when I and Grandpa says, decided to check out early. And Grandpa's the one who gets him. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just that part is, I teach this film, I teach this scene. This is the scene I say, park the bus here. This is the best scene in the movie to analyze. You can get everything from this. Yeah. Mm. Done. You understand all of the characters immediately within that scene. Done. And it was the first time you held them off, and then you Mm. put them together, and this is your result? It's a great script, and it's directed perfectly. Everything we've talked about, absolutely. But it starts with the script. Mm -hmm. The script is so good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Olive shares her dream. She wants to be Little Miss Chili Pepper. <laughs> and she explains the rules of beauty pageants. You got to be six or seven, and I'm seven, and you have to be a girl. And he's going, okay. And Richard's all like, oh, my, you know, that's cute. Because now we're back to she's seven, yeah, and we yeah, can get yeah. away from this stuff. Yeah. And Richard says, well, if you want it more, then you'll win. And which is a terrible thing to do because it's got mm. nothing. Uh, yeah, no, unfortunately, it's got nothing to do with this stuff. Nope. And he's so. What's he setting her up for? He's setting her up for this fall later Big on. Big fall, yeah. yeah. And then he says, "Oh, there was this message about Little Miss Sunshine. We find out that Olive gets to go to the state championships in California. She's great." And Olive just goes, "Ah!" <laughs> and start going, "I won! I won! I won! I won!" And basically, they just told her, "Just keep saying random stuff." Yeah, because yeah. she doesn't stop for like five minutes, even when she's not in the shot. Oh, she's on the shot. You just hear, hear going, "Little Miss Sunshine! Little so Miss Sunshine! What do I wear? Oh, I won! I won! I won! Little Miss Sunshine! Yeah, I won!" Like just, just keep going. Yeah, brilliant. And then we start the fight, which is like, how are we going to take her? What's going to happen? How can we pay for the trip? Do we fly? Do we drive? And we find out some information here. Much better version of exposition. We find out that Richard's not working and all the money's going into the nine steps and that Cheryl's the one who's bringing all the work in. And if you looked at her badge earlier, I think she just works at a hotel or something. She's yeah, not like some yeah. big, powerful person. Mm-hmm. And so we have all, everything's on her shoulders and he's going, but this is our seed money. And so we've seen it from his perspective rather than her perspective. And we find out Cheryl can't drive the bus. Grandpa's got to go because he trains. So the, the way it works is for Olive to go, everyone has to agree to go. And it's really clever. There's no one with the exception of maybe Cheryl, ironically, but Cheryl has to be backstage. Mm-hmm. so there we go everybody has to be there in some capacity yep and so they find okay fine we'll drive but Dwayne's got to come and frank's got to come and frank quickly goes okay yeah Just, frank goes what can you quick. but what can you do yeah exactly they're yeah. putting you up you know you're a complete he clearly, burden he clearly loves her loves her and loves his sister yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's okay. And then Dwayne's like, no, no. He goes, all I ask is to be left. All I ask you, leave me alone. Dwayne's a dick. He is. He really is. Like, this is a family unit. They feed you. They clothe you. They put a roof over your head. You don't get to go, all I ask is you just leave. No, no. You ask for a lot more than that, Dwayne. Mm-hmm. I'm this sorry. Is- this sucks. This is definitely uh, early 2000s, 2010s, edgy teen stuff, which was always in the media of that one that one kid who's just, oh, I hate everything, I hate my family, yeah. and they're, they're the best, but they're supposed to be the, 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 the focal point. I think Frank does correct this later on. There's a comment he yeah. makes that I think does sort of address this. I would have liked it to have been a bit more direct than it was, but I'll settle for it. Mm. Um, so that, that's my opinion. Have I convinced you? Um, not entirely, no, because I could understand coming from a teenage perspective that if you are living in a household that is clearly as chaotic as this one is all of the time, you're going to want to just be left alone. Right, but there's the difference between wanting to and expecting it, and he expects to be left alone. Mm. Oh, no, I think he, I think he just wants to judgmental... want to come on this journey. Oh, come on, my, my generation just before me gave us nirvana you know what i mean so the idea about being a depressed teenager is not new to teenagers in 2000 <laughs> no, you know what i'm saying no, no, so no, i think he just wants he's going like i his his perspective is i put up with all of this and now you're asking me to come on a bus journey with you uh, that's my problem I'm is that you being, don't put up with this this uh, is i'm not being funny right we come from a generation yes. that when your parents said right you're coming you're coming you're coming yeah there was no ifs or buts yeah, exactly you right. came yeah how old is he supposed to be 15 yeah See, at 15, I'm going, he could have just stayed by himself. No, but he can't stay by himself because he's got to look after Frank. Yeah. What, why can't Frank just be with the rest of them? Because there was the deal was that if it's Dwayne, it's Frank. So I guess Richard could have slept it, but that was, it's, the movie's got a movie. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So that, that's what we're given. But still, the idea being that, you know, we need you to come. This is the deal that we made. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of pressure for a 15-year-old to look after this suicide. Oh, I, I agree <laughs> with that side of it. I do. I do. And they address that early enough as well. Yeah, yeah. They do. Because uh, that is a heck of a premise, but she went, we can't leave the two of them alone because that would be that, that's why that, so that's asking too much. So mm-hmm. at least most of a day, we're just putting them in. Really, it's just we need someone who can sleep in the same room. That's all Dwayne's there for. Just sleep in the same room as the guy because that gives that gives you know Frank accountability. There's a nice little bit later on with them too. Yes, so I look forward to that. So uh, eventually, she says, uh, "I will give you flight school," and uh, <laughs> I like this bit. That's enough, and he. Pounds the table and shakes her hand. God damn it, she called my bluff. Yep. <laughs> and then that's it. We're going to California. Yeah, because then he writes, but I will not have any fun. Yeah, which point <laughs> which point Frank goes, Yep, we're all with you on that one, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> and, and meanwhile, Olive's running going, oh, she's like chugging her little arms. He goes, What I want, I want, Pack a little bag. bit of sunshine. <laughs> Completely oblivious because kids are to yeah. what's occurred yeah. around her. Because yeah, yeah. to her, it's just little Miss Sunshine. We're that's going. what's occurred. Yeah. Um, and then Richard makes her like stay there and like it's a beautifully composed shot. They're kneeling in the front and the family's in the background. And he goes, We're only gonna go if you can win. So do you think you'll win? And she thinks but he goes, Yes. And he pounces him and goes, We're going to California. And she hugs him and he sort of steals the moment of I'm gonna be the one who's gonna say you can go. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to the whole family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And opposed to the the fact that she won, so yeah, we're taking her. Yeah. Her victory becomes his Yeah, Richard's an ass. He is. He's supposed to be. He's supposed to be. Not originally going to be a little more sunshine in the sense that well, maybe it could have been sunshine. I guess it still could. Yeah, it would have been. But still, uh, the original script was not about uh, New Mexico to California. It was about going driving from Maryland to Florida. Oh. But oh. was shifted because of budget issues. 
Mm. I imagine it's cheaper to film in those other states. Yeah. yeah. So um, the, um, Frank and Dwayne that evening are going to go to sleep, and um, Dwayne just asks, in a note, please don't kill yourself. Yeah, I like that. Because nice oh, it's, just, it's just trust, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'm going to go to sleep. Please don't do this. Because no matter why, I didn't want this, but... Yeah, you know, that please don't do this. Off. Like, this is... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he, Frank very quickly goes, I would never do that to you. And oh. you know what? I believe him. Yeah, I did. Mm. Yeah, yeah I not for a moment. And that's it. He says, welcome to hell. And that's the introduction. Yeah. And then in the, we, we literally cut from that to a shot of a highway and the minibus comes out of the frame, traveling from left to right, and everybody's on, on the road. I love the minibus shots. Yeah, me too. Especially the side-on ones. When writing the script, Michael Arndt chose the Volkswagen T2 microbus to use for the road trip based on his own personal experience with the vehicle and practicality for filming it. He said, I remember thinking, it's a road trip. What vehicle are you going to put them in? And the VW bus just seems logical just because you have these high ceilings and these clean sight lines where you can put the camera in the front windshield looking back and seeing everybody. Which makes a lot of sense because it mm-hmm. does do all those things. Yep. Five different buses were used for the family car. Uh, wow. Some were modified for different filming techniques. Three of them had engines, and two of them were mounted on trailers. Yeah. I really want one of those buses. I it's a yeah l- l- I mean, my life car goal is now. That, is that yellow? It is anyway. that yellow color. Yeah, yeah. And I would I'd love to have one of those. When the BFE fil- road trip. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> when filming the scenes in the van, the actors would at times remain in the car for three or four hours a day. Wow. Which. I'm sorry. Slightly method. <laughs> Slightly method. Doesn't sound that bad of a day to me, actually. No, I mean... This is I, your job. I I'm drove, okay. I drove down to Kent the other day. Yeah. And that was no, I'm three, okay. three hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. It'd be like, while well, doing his uh, role as a teacher, uh, Mr. Ian spent <laughs> three to four <laughs> hours in a classroom a day. Like, no, no, it's like six, seven hours. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not three or four hours. It's not quite the boo-hoo-hoo that maybe they, they want me to feel. <laughs> During pre-production, the cinematographer used a basic video camera and set up angles inside the van to determine the best locations to shoot from during filming. Uh, on a side note, many of the problems associated with the van that were included in the plot, like the broken clutch, the stuck horn, and the detached door, were based on actual problems that Ryder <laughs> Art experienced during a childhood trip that involved the same type of vehicle. That's brilliant. Yeah. Right about the truth, man. That's true. And yeah. then on July 25th in 2006, Fox Searchlight Pictures invited VW bus owners to a screening uh, at a drive-in theater in, in Industry, That's California. Amazing. Over 60 of the vans were present at the screening. That's true. Just imagine them all lined up. Uh, like, get get, get your photo ops. Screen. Get the yellow ones yeah, in the front. Yeah. yeah. That would bug me. Uh, and then <laughs> our first real scene or, or sketch or vignette. Oh, I get it. In the, <laughs> I don't. What is a the- Volkswagen, a bug. Yeah, the beetle. beetle. It's yeah. called a bug sometimes. Oh yeah, I just. But then, but that's the buses, the, not the beetle. And so yeah, it's a great yeah, joke. Yeah. I said I get it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of have to acknowledge when you get one. Yeah, I, I, I got to that really quickly, but was like it can't be. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, how my mind works. That's right. <laughs> Grandpa says he's so tired that if some girl begged him to sleep with him, he's brilliant. Uh, he couldn't do it. Uh, and his tiredness is great foreshadowing, actually, for later. This is his mm. last day, isn't it? Yeah. And he says, can I give you some advice? Dwayne. That's your name, right? Dwayne. <laughs> Which I, I think it's important to realize here, but this is not his biological grandson. No. Dwayne comes from a previous marriage. Oh, okay. If you listen they carefully, it, oh, yeah. she yeah, says that divorced, last year... Yeah. Uh, well, no, divorce could also be the foreshadowing of of, of their oh, divorce. That's true. Because I've heard both people say, is it divorce or divorced? And I think I think it's divorce, singular, which foreshadows, because you heard the fight. We'll talk about that when we get to that scene. But there's a part where um, I believe Cheryl's talking to Frank and saying Mentions that. how she goes down to do the pageant and he and goes. And he goes to live with his dad, with to see dad. his dad in Florida. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. okay. There's also a really weird picture. I didn't notice it until someone, I, I read some research and I noticed it today when they come into the house the first time. There's like a wedding picture of like Cheryl and some other guy with Dwayne in it. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing putting pictures from your first wedding up? That feels a bit that, dumb. That does seem weird. Oh, yeah. that further explains why he's such a little shit because it's, you're not my real dad. Yeah, it was almost oh, yeah. about like why he hates. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, mm. And so I didn't pick up on that. He goes, can I give you some advice? Don't just, I'm going to say sleep with one woman, <laughs> sleep with a lot of women. And he keeps going on and, and on, on and, and on, on and talks about things he's, you just shouldn't talk not about saying sleep with either. You know, he's not, he's using, he's using a, uh, a four letter word for that. I love, I love all of it at this point. And then, Oh, well, we got to that. And, yeah. and, and then when he's told by and the whole time, like Richard's like, dad, 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 cause Olive's in the middle. Yeah. So they're in the back. You know, the, the, the grown-ups are in the back and, and the front, and Olive's by herself in the middle here. With headphones on. With headphones on. I think, I think Uncle Frank's beside Uncle her. Uncle Frank's next to her, yeah. But yeah, like, so she's in the middle of all this. The two most vulnerable. And they say, hey, keep, you know, get, get quiet, get quiet. He goes, no, I'm not going to be quiet. You won't shut me up. I've still got Nazi bullets in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it seems like it's grandpa's, like, trump card. Everything comes back yeah. to the Nazi bullets. Yeah. And he goes, like, you like those people at Sunset Manor? And this is where we find out. But at Sunset Manor, he started smoking heroin. And he goes, and he says to Dwayne, don't you be doing that stuff. You're crazy to do that. And he goes, you're right, yeah. at which point, Frank goes, well, you smoke heroin. He goes, I'm old. <laughs> when, you, when you get old, you're crazy not to do it. I love Frank in this thing because he's just poking. Oh, because he's told, he said, Frank, stop doing it. And he keeps going, oh, okay. And he goes, so what was it like? What's that matter? <laughs> he goes, well, let me tell you this. There were four women for every man. He goes, oh, you must have been. He, goes, he says, I know you're, he uses a, a, a slur. I'll he say, does, yeah. he says, I know you're gay, but surely you can appreciate that. And Frank just goes, you must have been very busy. He goes, I had second degree burns on my Johnson. I kid you not. <laughs> At which point, Olive takes off her headphones and goes, what are you guys talking about? And they went politics get old granddad and she gets she, bored and puts the headphones back on credit to him though because he never shuts up about anything and then when she does ask he, he will he, he flips it yeah because he even says olive i'll give you a million dollars you can turn around right now and she <laughs> yeah. won't do it also my favorite thing after seeing the film is knowing the music that she's probably listening to as well well for the scenes <laughs> yeah. in which alan arkin is swearing breslin had her headphones in and actually could not hear the dialogue only when she saw the premiere did she know what was being said <laughs> that's funny that's brilliant um, and he gives, as the headphones go back on, we go to a shot outside of the, of, of, of the bus and we just hear him say, sleep with a lot of women, not just one woman, many women. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? And which one was like, yeah, dad, we all heard you. And if you listen carefully, you hear grandpa go, no, don't show me the pad. I don't want to see the pad. <laughs> it's like ragging. Cause the whole time Dwayne's like all nervous going, no. Funny. It's a it's a great little scene actually. It is, and we cut from there into the diner, and there are four people who are sat behind yeah, uh, and you said- behind Richard and Cheryl. Which one goes? Do you have them for the pod? Oh, and I'm I did, going, yeah. no, I didn't choose random people. Uh, one, two, three, and four for the podcast. Are they the directors? Not the directors. They're the director's parents. Oh, so both sets of parents are in the booth. Oh, that's that's nice. adorable. That is it nice. Is. Um. And so Olive is going to order, and she doesn't know what she wants yet, and she apologizes to this really nice waitress. Mm. She's really good. She asks how much she can spend. Yeah, how much can we spend? Yeah, how, yeah. That, like, well, it feels like she's they're, aware. They're of, not a well-off family. That's just, and the fact that the seven-year-old is aware of I don't that think and she's, asks first. I don't think she's aware that they're poor. I think she just thinks that's how every family is. Yeah. yeah. So we go to a restaurant, we get asked how much. Yeah, but it's, it's just, it's just $4. so sweet. Yeah, it is. And so, um, 
she she goes she apologizes i don't know what to do and and richard's like don't apologize it's a sign of weakness i'm like she's just apologizing for taking like not everything in life is this negotiation um dick yep and she orders her waffles uh a la modi <laughs> and when she's told that's ice cream, she goes, "Oh yeah, yeah Alamodi." I'm all over the. Alamodi. And she goes, "She goes, oh, and she goes oh, for breakfast." She goes, "It's under four dollars." <laughs> oh, she'd gone. Can I have an order of cigarettes and coffee, please? It's under four dollars. It's under four dollars. <laughs> oh well, it's under four dollars. You got me there. Waffles is absolutely fine for breakfast. I'm oh yeah, fine with that. waffles is the same as a pancake. Yeah, and it's I'm the okay, same concept. I'm okay with ice cream. It's the same breakfast. mix, just in a different shape. Yeah, I mean, oh. if you, I mean, think about it. pancakes and maple syrup. We Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Waffles and ice cream. Oh, I don't know if that's really breakfast food. It's the same. It's the same stuff, basically. Oh, oh chicken and waffles for breakfast. Oh, that's very American. It's yeah, so good. Uh, Frank shares what alamodi means, or alamode. He says it's what it's called in the fashion. He goes from the from the Greek like modus, which means, and then all of a sudden Richard goes, "Frank, shut up." Yeah, but <laughs> and he closes really his phone. Me because I want to know. Oh, he's was, so disrespectful. I was really interested. If you look like like, like like olives, like looking like smiling at him, it's like you know, it's learning time. Basically, yeah. this is like she's, if she's Richard from Pointless was your uncle and oh, he's just sharing yeah. all the information knowing someone at the table has tried to kill themselves and then they're trying to share a bit about themselves like, and let's, then let's follow like, frank's let's follow frank's 48 hour cycle <laughs> yeah, yeah. life is not worth living to i'm lecturing about the importance of ice cream at a, yeah. at a truck stop yeah ough, it just breaks my heart that he shuts him up because it makes me so it, it so angry, me off. but it's yeah. supposed to. I know. Yeah. It. I know. I know it in my is. head, I was going asshole. So Richard shares, and to be fair, the actualities of ice cream. He mm-hmm. says, "If you, he goes, hey, she's gonna find out anyway. Remember, and you hate him because he's gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's true. absolutely gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we were pro honesty here. This is honesty. Yeah. And he shares some brutal truths. He says, "Look, if you eat a lot of ice cream, you might get fat." At which he point, say you will. He said this, you might. might. Yeah, yeah. At this point, this conversation is okay. It's the next bit. Okay. At which point, Mum goes, "It's okay if you want to be skinny, and it's okay if you want to be fat, but it's all about what you want." And Olive's confused, and she does a really great job of playing. Why is everybody yelling? I don't understand. And he goes, "Okay, but Olive." And he's such a dick here. This, he goes, this is the bit. He goes, kind of looks away from the camera. He goes, "Those women and little, sorry, Miss America, you like so much? Are they skinny or are they fat?" And he goes, she goes, oh, I, they're skinny, I guess. And he goes, yeah, I guess they don't eat a lot of ice cream. I like this later and on. And right then, oh. perfectly, perfectly, that's when the ice cream shows up before the waffles. And I'm sorry, if you were your, your, your waffles a la mode, yeah, put yeah. that stuff on my waffles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, I love about, you don't eat, the, you don't eat yeah. the ice cream and leave the waffles for later. Ice cream, no, but it's, it's yeah, yeah, about yeah. waffles and ice cream is when it's it's on the hot waffle and it starts melting a little and it gets yeah. in all the little squares. You know what I like is ordering my, my pancakes and they give me that separate thing of uh, maple syrup ahead of time. I just drink it before <laughs> it shows up. You are Canadian, so I, you probably would. <laughs> it's carbonated for <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. Uh, so, Olive won't eat the ice cream, and then Grandpa is brilliant, and he leads this mutiny, going, "Oh boy, I'd sure hate to not want this ice cream. I'm gonna have you guys mind." And Frank's like, "Oh, I think I'll join in." And, and even Cheryl, in. and they all jump in, yeah, and Dwayne as well, without dialogue, yeah. is sort of getting right in her face it's, with the spoon mm, going, "Yeah." Mm. And she goes, "Those, those waffles are get awful lonely in there. Just <laughs> stop." And she grabs it like she's a prison and someone's got her food. She says, leave some for me. And That's she me. grabs some <laughs> and she eats it. And I want to experience something I care about as much as she loves that ice cream. Because her face just kind of goes, oh. 
At which point Richard goes, now Olive, and then she goes, Richard, and then Dwayne like takes a straw and shoots the rapper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out at, uh, out at Richard. And that's how we end the scene. So he's completely shown up in front of his whole family. So his great Dude. leader, mm-hmm. you know, is, is pr- constantly proven wrong. Rightfully and, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. And we cut out, and Cheryl wants to drive, and she can't get the clutch to go, and so Richard goes, you know, stop pushing it hard enough, which when he switches, and the clutch is definitely broken. Now, I'm going to say, it's possible Cheryl did break it. Yeah. It's possible. But if the clutch is broken, this doesn't make any sense for later on. No, it doesn't make any sense. We'll, <laughs> which, wait, we'll, we'll talk about which part. Okay. Um, and so the clutch is gone, uh, and we go to the mechanics, and we find out that really... Part would take a couple of days, but really, you can push start these old these old VW buses. Yeah, but that's not a clutch thing. No, this it's, <laughs> it's it's a movie's got a movie kind of thing. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so also it makes a really cool visual. It does, and and the, the music with it is great. Anyone ever pushed start a car for reals? Yep. yep. Yeah. Have you really? Yep. Not fun. Because I figured Liam and I would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I knew I had. <laughs> I figured you and I would be the ones to say yes, and these two be the ones to say no. Not it push was, started. Uh, I pushed a car out with a load of mud. Though. Not the same thing. No, I know it's no, not. No, but no, I have no, done no. that. I had a buddy whose car. His name is Sterling, uh, and um, he had a car, but you had to get it to like not not nearly as fast as they had to here. But you had to get into first, and then he could start it from there. Yeah. But I remember on one trip, we did a lot of pushing and a lot of you know, off we go. But yeah, yeah, that was all right. It was uh, like ten-ish years ago in New Zealand. And we were stuck in the bush, and the car just like broke down because my mom decided she'd leave like the battery like she left the lights on overnight. Oh, okay, yeah. So the morning after, it's like maybe nine in the morning, really hot, really muggy. It's awful, and we need to just push it for a while to get it to start working so the battery can like kick in with the jump start. Yeah. Never again. Never again. Oh, I've done it a few times. Yeah, I've done it a few times. Not not not, not for a car I owned. I wouldn't even know how to do it. But I, he was like, "Just go outside and push," and I'll get you. Okay, cool. That was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop the clutch, turn the key. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been, yeah. So the score is so good on this push start. And before they get started, they go, Frank says, I just want everyone to know here, I'm the preeminent Proust scholar in the United States. <laughs> and he's pushing with his forearm, right? Mm. Yes, you keep bringing this up. He did that. I watched that all the way through. All the way through. And he did, he did the forearm. Why do you think it was? Broke his arm? No. His wrists, he can't push. His wrists, you he can't, can't push. Never all the pressure. Of Cool. Right, but it's only one though. It's not two. Oh, he's got bandages on both. Yeah, I know, but he's only pushing with one arm. Because oh. if you if you're running like you can't really you can't really do this, you'd fall over. He's likely to go forward. He's gonna fall on his face. Oh, okay. This would be benefit if anyone could see the kind of we're all in our arms raised <laughs> in various versions. <laughs> almost, yeah, almost like, like, like Wakanda forever, but like <laughs> yeah. not quite. Not quite. Charming. Charming. Oh, it's an English thing. <laughs> uh, so um, Richard can't slow down, and Frank can't run. He's doing the whole kind of like, and again, he can't move his. So he has to kind of run with straight rigid arms because he can't he can't bend because it's going to put all the stress on your tendons and your wrists isn't it what did you say that was the forest gump run forest gump <laughs> school of running yeah yeah half forest gump he's not quite tom cruise he's getting there yeah uh, when the vw bus gets stuck with clutch failure um this isn't actually true what the mechanic says uh you can actually shift every gear using this double clutch procedure so you don't need to start in third gear you could eventually start in first gear but that didn't make sense from a movie point of view because no. you literally have to go okay that's it. Okay, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. barely moving. It'd be started. So yeah. this was a better movie situation here. 
Um, when filming the scenes when the family pushes the van, a stunt coordinator was used to ensure the safety of the actors. In an interview, Greg Kinnear jokingly described how the scenes were filmed. He says, I was going like 50 miles an hour in the 71 VW van, but doesn't have side airbags. Basically, you'd wait for this huge camera truck to come whizzing in front of us with the camera. Okay, go. I mean, it was insanity. It's the most dangerous movie I've ever made. <laughs> I and then it'll order as well. Yeah, because it had to be the right order, right? Yeah, Grandpa's yeah. got to be in first. Yeah. Then Olive. Yeah. Then, then Mother. Cheryl, yeah. Frank, yeah. Dwayne. Dwayne, yeah. Dwayne's going for the Air Force. I mean, he can do anything. Do you know what I loved as well, though? Dwayne, um, in the first few scenes when they're doing it, he's pushing Frank. He's giving him a hand. Yeah, he's trying to help him out. Yeah, yeah, love it. Um, and Richard shares the genesis of his nine steps, and you now Stan Grossman says he can sell it. And, and like, I'm going to be honest, Frank's being a dick here. Mm-hmm. He's like, really? Wow! Yeah, but he's he's doing a ticking clock. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, but, that's, but he's, he's, he did shut him off at breakfast. No, really, I, I get he's it. Taking yeah. the piss. I get it. I guess I want Frank to be. I know perfect. He, I guess, and that's not fair. But yeah, yeah I do. No. I do. He's obviously not because I want Richard to be because. And it's not the case. I mean, but because Richard's not all bad, and Frank's not all good. But I, I'm just sitting here going, not okay. once but did I. Listen. Cheryl's not really being good here as a wife, though. Because oh, no, she's awful. laughing. Yeah, but she knows much what his, worse. She knows actually. what her brother is like, and and I like. Sure, I like that. Is there one time in this whole movie that now that Cheryl might resent him for a number of reasons? But does Cheryl ever publicly back him? No, what, no. Husband? Yeah, her husband. No, no. Everybody else. Yeah. yeah. No, they are, they yeah no. It brings, I, brings the whole thing back to the whole divorce thing. The subplot mm. of she's carrying the family and yeah. he's not doing anything that could have been opened up a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Just a bit. She obviously resents him, and it's it's. I think it's shown really, really well. But you're right; it probably could have been explored a little bit deeper for the this him her laughing at him. Yeah, make a bit more sense. If he's talking about money, says you want to talk about like, even in the car when he's going, you know, we can't. No, you want to talk about money? We can talk about money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, did you resent Frank for this bit then? No, cause, uh, because I was I've been, no, I've been trained by the movie that I'm on Frank's side. So yeah. when Frank's going, oh, tell me more and cutting him down, I'm like, yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. only when I've seen it, because I've seen this movie like 15 times. And you know what? Like, and I, I, I'm, I'm smiling as it starts today. Like, I'm not sick of this movie at all. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. about time 10, you realize, oh, Frank, you didn't have to be this bad. <laughs> I thought it was funny. First viewing. No, of course you do. Of course yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so... <laughs> Um, Richard says I detect that note of sarcasm Frank and he goes I want you to know I feel sorry for you <laughs> sarcasm is losers trying to bring winners down to their level and he goes oh wow thank you for sharing with me how much of a loser I am how much do I owe you for that one? Oh, that one's on the house it is okay stop everybody that's why I'm okay with his sarcasm earlier because his immediate reaction to it is you're a loser like he doesn't just ignore the sarcasm he doesn't just right but he's 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 got to save this sort of stuff to sort of redeem himself i know Mm. but that's why i'm okay with it because he's such an asshole to be fair also just a continuity thing richard uses sarcasm in the first act of the film around the dinner table yep oh he does oh he's the second most whatever proust calls who would be number one that would be me rich oh really Mm Hmm. that was that sarcasm there yeah, Yeah. yeah just just saying um olive oh so the, the phone rings at this point and they got to stop everything off and richard can't get the signal so he goes to a pay phone and he gets all to stan grossman and you just see his face fall that was a clever bit of um phone acting. and they there. make you wait for it yeah yeah yeah. phone acting no it was no it, was. it is it's good 
There's no one on the actually on the end Pretending, of that phone, was there? They might have had someone actually say some words to him. I don't know how it was made. That'd be really interesting, actually. Yeah. yeah. I thought he did brilliant. And the, the, the dad, he says something. Edwin goes, oh, he's not yeah, getting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, before that, they just said to, to, to Dwayne, because right now Olive's going to practice her routine. Dwayne goes to work out. Mom's going to the toilet. Mom's going to the toilet. Uh, Grandpa wants some porn and says to Frank... <laughs> some hard, dirty stuff. And says, oh, yeah, I don't want any of that airbrush stuff. <laughs> no, yeah. And he goes, go get yourself something, too. He has a term for it. I won't use it. <laughs> yeah. But he says, go get yourself something. And he's like, all right, I will. And in the shop, and it's just a shot of Frank, like... Like, you know those scratch and win tickets? You, you yeah. take like, off one of those, one of those. Yeah. He's doing this with the porn behind the counter. Off yeah. one of those. <laughs> and one, and he's a gay man. He's picking, he's trying to think, what's the dirtiest porn I can find? <laughs> and there's, of course, because of this, there's no shame. No. He's just openly going to this guy with his, like, braided, like, goatee. <laughs> yeah. He's like, one of those, one of those, one of those. Uh, blue slushy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then great. all of a sudden you hear, Frank? And it's this. It's Josh is his name, and it's the. Uh, it, it's the. It's it's the wannabe. I wish you were my boyfriend guy. Yeah, who's in love with Larry Sugarman, and he's in this little polo shirt, and he looks like. Um, he's an attractive young man. He's quite the stereotypical gay. He's stereotypical yeah. upper. He's upper a class. class. Yeah. Yeah. He's what? A cute twink. Oh, is, is that going to be appropriate? Can I use that term? Yeah, it's a gay term. It's a gay term. Yeah. yeah. It's, I can it's use acceptable. it. Yeah. yeah. Coming from Ethan, it's fine. It's, it's clear that this is the apple of his eye, so to speak. And now, yeah. and, and the irony is, and at this point, when they start talking, he goes, I heard you got fired. He goes, oh, I quit. And it's those conversations you have when you're trying to save face. And he hides and then, his uh, hands as well. He hides his hands behind his, behind his back. Yeah, yeah. And you start hearing, beep. Beep. Yeah. Beep as his straight porn is being stunned. <laughs> and so Josh tries to look and he leans to the left and Carell meets him perfect. The acting is so good in this scene. It is good. And Carell just mirrors it. And then he goes, that'll be 1979, sir. A, funny because they did the music video for 1979. Oh. And B, because he gave him a $20 bill. Yeah, he, he, he had his maths right, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But then he notices what it is, sees that it's like some very heavily endowed woman in the front of this porn magazine and looks at Frank with like fear, like he's somehow like so broken he's gone straight. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh good to see God. you. It was good to see you. And then off he runs and that's it. And that Jaguar. Oh, and then Cole storms off. We see Larry Sugarman and he kind of looks around to see Frank and Frank ducks down so he can't be seen. And he basically had to watch. They're going to some spa weekend because it's official. They're going to get the grant. Mm. And it's this, it's like there's there's the life I wanted. Yeah. There's everything about the life that I wanted. And now I have to go to this life, the life in the bus with the people who are dysfunctional. I don't want to be part of this. It ends up having more soul. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, while filming during this scene, a Paul Dano lookalike walked in. What? Dano happened to be late and unaccounted for, so everyone thought the lookalike was legitimately Dano. <laughs> After the guy explained he wasn't Dano, they took some pictures and sent him on his way. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Love that. Uh, Larry Sugarman's license plate reads Lost Time, a reference to Marcel Proust's most famous work, A la Recherche de Temps Perdue, which is often translated as In Search of Lost Time. Oh. So they get out and this has happened to Frank, and Richard's losing everything here. Yeah. And he goes, what happened? And he just goes, nothing. Let's go. Now, that's not fair. This part here, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna switch in a minute. This part here isn't fair, fair to Cheryl because he doesn't let her in on the loop. No, he's purposely kept her. Remember that? Would you let me worry about this, please? He keeps shutting her out, and now yeah, that it's yeah. gone wrong, he goes, "Let's just go." And she goes, "Where does this leave us?" He goes, "It's fucked. That's where it's leaving us. We're fucked." And she goes, "I thought you said it was a done deal." He goes, "It was a done deal," and I feel for Richard here because he's totally. I don't think he's been missed, like lying to his wife about what's going to happen. No, he's been lied one, to. Yeah. She goes, did you even try? He goes, and I'm like, I got a lot of, tr- I got a lot of time for Richard here. Cause he's like, I did try and we've seen him try. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, but then he goes, let's go. And she won't move. He goes, let's go. And you see her camera move around the bus. I mean, keep, the camera doesn't cut. It just instead no. comes from a different perspective. We see her get into the bus, slam the door and it's got such darkness and then it's partially levitated by the fact that we can see the bus roll because they're parked on a hill and they're on the interstate no one's talking to any each other and then we just have a scribble 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 Dwayne looks around where's olive yeah and we get and a i know it's ping that. yeah you did i didn't when i watched it for the oh, first time okay we get a ping and we cut to olive <laughs> brilliant and it's this great bit of humor we needed in this moment because yeah, it was yeah. so 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 dark them pulling out of the station gas station for the first time is the only time that i noticed that the bus goes right to left the time when olive isn't on the bus right and oh. that so shows that things are wrong things are wrong things, yeah, are, wrong. things yeah. are natural or even the fight so it could the, be any the of these fight, things yeah the thing going with right to left in the in the shop everything goes yeah. wrong in that everything moment. goes wrong in so that moment the bus is, the the bus the bus is unnatural that's a good point yeah so we've got that um and uh, the ping and the reveal of olive just sitting there waiting yeah, she's, <laughs> okay. she's oblivious and she's they come great. driving by we're like you got you got to run we can't stop <laughs> and they're going the opposite way around as well yeah they are so. um and then grandpa and richard have a moment and he kind of climbs up front and tells richard you know hey you tried your best and that was a nice moment. you gave it a shot yeah. and you didn't make it but you know what? i've never had the guts to do that and yeah. you have so i'm proud of you and first he goes okay dad and then he acknowledged what he said. And then he, he does sort of hold his hand out and they have a moment. And he yeah, says, thanks. Really nice. And he says again, thanks, Dad. And this time it's, it's genuine. Yeah. And it's an important scene for what's going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really the last thing we get between them and the motel. And they get to the motel and they say, all right, split up. And uh, um, Olive's going to ask if Grandpa can, can, can stay in her room. And he'll, yeah, yeah, it's fine. If there's two beds, that's all right. And um, the fight begins between Cheryl and. Uh, Richard, and it's one we've been waiting for, and we cut to um, Paul Dano, yeah, laying on the bed, hands behind his head, enjoying the fight. He Makes is sense now it. if that's yeah. a stepdad too. Yeah, maybe this is he kind of wishes mom's not going to stay with him. Maybe that, yeah. that, that that's the hope. Yeah, yeah, and just sits back and listens to the fighting, especially because Richard's got the like doesn't have the high ground here. Like you're kind of mm. screwed. Oh yeah, yeah, he doesn't have anything wrong, but it's like he's he's in the he's he's the one who's let everybody down. That's yep. the best yeah. way you can put it. I think Dwayne's also seen perhaps his mum take on all of the responsibility of like keeping the family afloat whilst he does this and to see it fall down there's probably some like catharsism in that yeah and like frank tries to get him to listen to something else but he turns off the tv and goes back to listening to the it's a a great shot interesting is politics (laughs) it's free yeah because it's it's public television you you can you can use that stuff anything else you'd have to license crazy isn't it yeah uh we then cut to grandpa so again like knowing where to cut to because you have all this tension then we get (laughs) (laughs) and it's these close-ups of grandpa and all of growling at each other and we don't realize but we're being drip fed information of what's coming that's gonna come but we're not even realizing it we just think it's grandpa and olive being just Just silly with each other because you're the world champion growler and he goes to sort of put her to bed for the night and she goes grandpa i'm Am I pretty? She's so good at this. Mm. 
And he says, you're the most beautiful girl in the whole world. It's not because of your brains, your personality either. It's because you're beautiful inside and out. Oh. And she goes, but I don't want to be a loser. He goes, what makes you think you're a loser? She goes, daddy hates losers. And obviously she does it a million times better than I'm saying it here. Yeah. And the tears in her eyes are real. And... Again, anybody who wants to tell me that any other movie there's a, there's a better prepubescent actor than this ever, no, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. This yeah. scene is this scene is all what, of it. What Drew Barrymore and E.T. <laughs> no. <Come on>. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so Grandpa says a loser is someone who's so afraid of not winning they don't even try, and exactly. it's just a wonderful scene. Nice and tender she, moment, and he's genuine about it. And the tears are. She's kind of going, "Thank you," and he goes, "All right," and I get some sleep, and he goes into the. Um, he puts it to bed and goes into the, ba- into the bathroom. And Richard, we cut to him. He's an ID. He's going to fix everything. He runs downstairs and he tries to push start the bus by himself a couple of times, <laughs> yeah. which is great. Um, and then he has to barter. He gets a moped, which, of course, is diminishing him. It makes him look stupid, which we enjoy as the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he drives to Scottsdale 23 miles, and he really believes us. He's like, you know, I'm a winner. Winners don't give up, so he's going to keep trying. And he, uh, meanwhile, Grandpa goes back to the, he does a mirror of the opening scene where he goes and he gets the heroin out and Cheryl smokes. And for a moment, everyone's alone again. Everyone, mm-hmm. we, we, we've split them. Yeah. We've had them in the bus for a while. So now for this little moment, we're going to split them up, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is really good. Actually, I thought. Yeah. And you all default back to what they were doing. Yep. They're all doing what they do. Well, they Cheryl's unhappy and smoking her cigarette and just trying to keep everything together. Yeah. Richard's trying to make his deal happen. Mm. Um, I kind of got a theory of this whole films about people dealing with grief in, in, in all, because everybody's like the number of people who suffer a loss in this film is like mm. significant. Um, and then Richard gets to the hotel. He phones Stan Grossman and it's very much no longer the hi Richard Hoover. It's like, Stan, I'm at the hotel. I don't know where the fuck you are. Yeah. Call me. Yeah. And it's like just bare everything. And he call, he rings the, the number, and we see someone hold their phone up, look at it, and put it away. And you're like, oh, and you can tell he no. rolled their eyes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he even shakes his head and goes, no, no, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. And we from we finally meet Stan Grossman. Stan Grossman played by Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Oh, were you surprised by that? Yeah, yeah. Did you say you have seen Breaking Bad? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't, but I know who he is. I'll tell you what. He has never looked cooler than he does in this. He did it this is the best look I've ever seen him with. Even his attitude. He just yeah. seems really cool. Yeah. Because um, he definitely wasn't cool in Malcolm in the Middle. He's not really cool in Seinfeld. He's definitely not cool in Breaking Bad. Eventually, he's like a supervillain. Yeah, yeah. But it's in like a, it's a different oh, kind of cool. Way, yeah. Yeah. Give too much away. Jeez. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I've just pulled the boxer. Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that could have referenced into. Uh, I don't know if you remember. We talked about Stan Grossman when we did Fargo. Yeah, because I said Stan Grossman's a character name I know from Little Miss Sunshine. You did, I did. You did uh, addressing the inclusion of the Fargo character Stan Grossman in the film. Aren't said that he just simply assumed that the filmmakers had known it was a tribute to Fargo, but he said in actuality people didn't realize until after we started shooting. So it meant they kind of had to go hat in hand to the Coens and go, "Is it okay if we call the character <laughs> Stan Grossman because that character name has been used?" That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, imagine if they said no. Yeah, I don't know what you'd, you'd probably have to. You could call Re-shoot? him John Grossman. You could yeah. do, you know, you could a couple of things, and you'd be probably be fixed. But still, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, they have a summit by the pool. Richard and Stan Grossman, and we find out Richard's the problem. No one's heard of you, which I guess makes Richard a loser. Yep. And this is where he defaults to. Okay, are you in or are you out? 
this is what the nine steps are about. And it's like, oh, this is this is woman just doing laps in the pool. I'm like, <laughs> who is that out. woman? I think I'd be like, I'm gonna get out while you guys finish this. It's, it's motivation. Uh, to be fair, Richard Hoover is such a loser name compared to, uh, you know, Stan Grossman. Well, he's a gross man. Is that yeah. is that good? It sounds cool. All right, it's briefly lit, but I thought someone was gonna go in that pool. <laughs> yeah. You did. You thought that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Frank's last name, for the record, is Ginsburg. Ginsburg. You only see it outside of his hospital room. Ginsburg and Gettysburg. Um. So he goes, "What's the next step?" He says, "There's no next step. We had our shot. We move on." Now, for him, it's moving on. For Richard, he, I don't know what it means. Yeah. And we never find out the answer to that. No. And then we cut to him. He he takes the 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 guy on the moped. He drives away. We fade out. He's defeated. And we fade out, and we fade back in, and it's Olive. Grandpa won't wake up. To which point, Liam was like, what? Yeah, I thought they were joking. <laughs> and we cut, and they're behind an ambulance, and uh, Olive, in the waiting room, grabs a couple of eye tests and says, anybody want to do an eye test? Oh, yeah, I do. And, <laughs> and then... She's oh. gonna go put. It, she's gonna go put it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then uh, Cheryl calls one of her family meetings. That's why she still has the. It's so they oh. they, they plant the seed and they make you clever. wait for it. It's so yeah. clever. I looked over to you when when it happened because I was like, <laughs> "That's what yeah. watches so many times." And it makes me go. It wasn't just oh she must have grabbed it when she was at the hospital. We no, saw her put her it in her pocket. It. So you, well done. You see her walking. You see why she held on to it and why she. Yeah, she oh. has it the whole way through. It does not even like it disappears into her pocket. Oh, is you, it really? If you look, she's she holding hands? them the whole oh, way. So through. clever, That's incredible. Um, yeah, but you only get this on like a second watch, though, don't you? Oh, the first time you yeah. don't know. Like, I, why, I, why would you look at the eye I, test? You I wouldn't. No. no. So this is why it's kind of nice when we have people who've seen it, people who haven't. It's a mm. nice sort of combination. Yeah. Um, and so she explains whatever happens. They're a family. They need to love each other, and Grandpa might die. And Dwayne writes down, "Go hug Mom." And then the doctor comes that out nice. and says. Uh, are you the family? Yeah. Uh, so we found that his name is Edwin. And they go, all right, it was just too much. He's he's gone. At which point, Liam, you were like, what? what? Yeah. He's actually dead? I felt this. I genuinely thought that he was going to play a prank on him, but I thought the doctor wouldn't do it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. No, but I, he's such a big character. There is oh, the, that point. The, the doctor or oh, grandpa? The grandpa. Yeah. Is that point where they're in the uh, the hospital room to, to see him? I was like, is he, is he faking? No, is that, come is on. that where it's taking no, a I second know, for him? <laughs> Generally, you don't know how... When you first watch it, no, you don't no. know how this is going to go yeah. or how it's going to pan out. I did watch it for the first time once. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but you probably forgot. You're on your 15th, <laughs> maybe. You're on your 15th go. I am, I am. Um, if I watch it for a 15th time, maybe he I don't think die. so. I think the heroine and the fact that his arc felt finished. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, he has that, that moment of closure yeah. with his son. Now, I don't think I got that necessarily on the first watch, but I think the heroine made me go, yeah, this is probably legit. I did once the doctor came. I'm tired. I'm so tired. Like all the breadcrumbs are there. If you, if yeah, on yeah, multiple yeah. viewings, um, and so he goes to go out, but he's like still the shot. He goes, Linda, <laughs> <laughs> and I love Linda, the bereavement liaison. Oh God, she's, she's hilarious. An she's hilarious in like in like a bad way. Yeah, she's yeah, like a sketch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she goes, here's all the forms. And it's like 19 form. Like this has got to be a send up. I'm sure it's just like one form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, here we go. Uh, pre-arrangements have been made in Albuquerque. And she goes, well, you, you what? You guys crossing state lines? She goes, we're going to be in Redondo Beach by 3. She goes, 3 o'clock today? It's not going to happen. She just laughs, doesn't she? <laughs> and like this like, really disrespectful laugh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Richard tries to explain. She goes, you are not the only people who have had someone die here today, okay? I know. She's not wrong, right? But 
be and she shouts him down too. Yeah. Yeah. She starts be talking. Tactful. Jesus, yeah. especially to that's Rachel, the point. Whose that's whole thing this is, is your bereavement liaison. This is the expert in this sort of conversation. Oh, so funny. And they want to see the body. And I guess Richard's had some sort of an idea. And he gets in there and he swears his dad a couple times. We just see a sheet. And they decide, I'm going to steal the body. And they're like, why you can't do that? He goes, if there's one thing my father would have wanted, it's to see Olive perform in the Little Miss Sunshine pageant. He goes, there's two kinds of people in this world, winners and losers. Winners don't give up. Which are we? And so they decide, we're smuggling. This no seems really though. hurt. Like you can, he, he feels so pathetic, but I pity him for it compared to what he's been pathetic before when he says it. Yeah. But the funny thing is, no one's on board with this until she's on board with this. Who? Cheryl. Cheryl, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Once she's on board, everyone's like, oh, okay. I, I, if there's one part which exposes Abigail Breslin a little bit, it's her acting in this scene, where she's like, oh, come on, come on. It's just a little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they smuggle the body out of the window, and there's a great spy shot of them carrying the body through the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. And the music's that like kind of like Western kind of score in the background on this one. Um, Good. And then uh, they go into the minibus, and they're back on the road. But the and body would have been that heavy. You wouldn't have been able to carry oh, it. Oh, heavy. Jesus Christ. And it wouldn't have been like rigor mortis, like stiff yet. It would have been like still like, moldable. So like yeah. the bit where they almost drop it out the window, he'd have been folded over and land on oh, the ground. Right. So it would be like halfway between stiff, and yeah. so it would be like really awkward, yeah. yeah. So Olive wants to know what's going to happen to Grandpa, and no one answers her. And that's okay. Yeah. No one knows the answer to this. I don't. And there's this great horn kind of solo kind of thing that's happening here in the score and olive wants to know if frank thinks there's a heaven and he says i don't think anybody knows he goes but what do you think and before he can answer she goes i think there is one and he goes you think i'll get in and she goes yes and he goes promise without a shadow oh yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. you got to keep in mind you know he, he tried to kill himself and, and you know yeah there's all sorts of theories about you know in, in, the, theologically about what that means yeah yeah, yeah. And and you know, can you get in? And the also general- politically as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. if you if you kill yourself, you're killing government property. Like, it's it's yeah. It is. I believe it's a crime. Yeah, it is yeah. a crime. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. what are they gonna do? Arrest me? But if it's attempted and you survive yeah. it, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah. So and so he's sitting here, a guy who's been wrestling with the meaning of life and wanted to kill himself is now asking a child. It's a very vulnerable moment. It is. Mm-hmm. But it's do you think I'll get in? And then so well. she says yes. And then he make he, he goes promise. And it's, it's this little bit. Of, he just needs this. Hope, mm. isn't it? Yeah. There's no hesitance from her. Yeah. You know, it's great. Yeah. Um. So there we go. And there's a great hero shot of the bus from the side as it travels through traffic. It looks majestic in this it's one shot. Nice. It does, it does. And then there's a great shot of Cheryl and Richard. I think they're holding hands. They're definitely kind of looking at each other a little bit. And then some guy cuts off Richard and he lays on the <laughs> horn. <laughs> yeah. This film will not let you have anything for too long because no, you're going to go back to they this. Don't, they don't. The horn doesn't work. Uh, and then all so the horn does work. It works too much. He and he can't fix it. And then I all of a sudden, it's not even just like a rhythmic beep. It's really sporadic. Oh, it's just sporadic. It's, it's just it would be so me, grating. Me, oh, get on your nerves. Me, me, me. So good. And then we go to. Uh, they're gonna get. They're gonna get pulled. <laughs> thank you. They're gonna get pulled over. And uh, as they get pulled over, there's a. a uh, there's a shot and they're coming from right to left yeah, across the screen there's this oil stuff going on in the background or something like that and you see him go everybody pretend to be normal <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so up then walks break, another breaking bad reunion breaking brad breaking brad breaking bad uh, alumnus number two 
It's Dean Norris, right? Dean Norris. Yeah. Who, Hank. Uh, Liam, you might remember, maybe, he was in Terminator 2. You know the bit when they're, in, when they're in the office building and they blow up all the like SWAT team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was like one guy who was leading the SWAT team. That guy. Wow. Yep, I know, right? Jesus. Dean Norris. And he so around. he's great in this, in this yeah. little small role. And this is pre-Baking Bad. So mm. he's like just do, like doing like a character part. <laughs> um, and so he's pulled over. And so they, they ask Richard to get out of the car. And he goes, okay. yeah." And then he goes, to just he's looking around. And he goes, don't do it. He keeps like Richard is not me. Richard is not playing this cool. No, so. no, and then he goes over. He goes, don't don't go in there. And he goes, sir, you know you just give me probable cause to open up your van, your, your van. And he goes, all right, stay there, stay there, and shut up. It's not then, a crime. It's not a crime. Not a crime. And then Richard goes, it's, it's not illegal. <laughs> yeah. And he's shot from inside, and everyone's got to be going. Oh my word! There's you a body in the back. You'd well, see that was a something wrapped up. You just know something's wrapped up because you, mm. you're not going to think there's a body in the back. Well, no, true. And you hear the fluff, fluff, and I love this because <laughs> it's the porn magazine from earlier. But that happened like 40 minutes ago. In the yeah. meantime, they've had yeah, the big yeah. fight. Yeah. Grandpa's so died. Much. So, yeah. Georgia, when we talked about Cheers, mm-hmm. and it was the idea about that hooker joke that comes back like yeah, 20 minutes yeah. later. This is the film version of yeah. this. Like, no one's remembering this. So this is the uh, funny version of the eye so test. It's so good as well, because he's going, it's not illegal, it's not illegal. And, and of course, it's porn, so it wouldn't be illegal. It's porn, and that's... It's it's shunned, but it's not illegal. It's so funny. So it's, so it's plausible. It's brilliant, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he goes, can you join me back here, sir? And he goes, oh, is that your, not your family, is it? <laughs> and there's this really weird close-up on Cheryl as she, like, waves back to him. <laughs> That's funny. He goes, a little bit of that, a little bit of this on the side. And so Richard's, like, just trying to play along. He goes, oh, yes, that sweet sweetness. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes through, and then we get, it's a point-of-view shot from, from Dean Norris's perspective, and he flips the next one over, and it's buns and ammo. <laughs> and he goes, that one, and you hear a Kinnear's voice, he goes, that one's a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you see, you see, you, and him. you see Norris looking behind. He goes, kind of like an eyebrow, like eh? <laughs> I'm open to things. He goes, all right, I'm not going to bust you. <laughs> and the looks he gives, oh, Frank. and he's like disgusted, and off he goes. That's brilliant. Oh, and then Richard comes around. He just stares at Frank. Frank. I'm like, you saved your life, dude. What's going on yeah, here? Yeah. And he goes, I'll tell you what happened when I regain consciousness. Get out and push. <laughs> so good. And they let him go, and we get back in the van, and here comes the the uh, the eye test that we had. So this this is the we had a funny version of a recall. Now we're having the tragic version of it, mm-hmm. and this is where we find out. And we can all very clearly see that there's a number forty two or an A. It's, or, it's, or, it's an A, a, yeah. or a. and he Dwayne can't see it, and the penny drops for Frank. And this film's about honesty, man. It is because he could have said, "Oh, don't worry about it. I'll tell you later." And he goes, "No." He, he, he writes down what, and he keeps shaking. He goes, "You think you're colorblind?" And he shakes the pad again. And he goes can't fly jets if you're colorblind and dano man he he he, oh, he owns this it hurts uh-huh you know me i'm an actor who likes dialogue something's something to do no no dialogue george is good with it without the dialogue yeah uh this this is really really good this this performance here <laughs> he freaks out and dwayne's got it frank's got to sort of act as dwayne's kind of voice here and goes hey we had an emergency here pull over pull yeah, over, yeah. Pull over. Uh, bless knew. Richard because he's just trying. He's trying to drive a car. Like, this ain't easy. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I knew that he was going to talk at this point. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so they pull over, and we've got the camera stationed far away from the road, but down in this field. And actually, oh, this is incredible. Dwayne runs towards us, and then gets yeah. down on his knees, and his first line of dialogue is "fuck." But it's not. It's like 
Fuck! Well, something it's like, like but it's really high pitched though. Like he, yeah. his voice is breaking. It's so because sad because in his head he's going off, just been silent for all that time, and, mm. and, and, and we've and compromised on so many things. But like vocally, your voice is a voice box is a muscle. Oh, yeah. He's been silent for yeah. nine months. He's not used that and muscle also, for nine months. There's, as the audience, we've been prevented from hearing him speak as well, so we have anticipation on what his first level line's going to be. True, true. And for us, the uh, it's this it's this mix. The whole film does so well. It's this terrible emotional moment. <laughs> it's just the humor about it. It is an expletive. <laughs> there, it's like the first scene when they're doing all the vignettes, and he crosses off uh, like a, a uh, like a little tally, and it's like four hundred and seventy-four. Oh, it's like on the floor. Oh yeah, but yeah. it's like I, I assume that's like the amount of days that he's been training. So he it's, it's counting it's, down. It's counting oh. down to um, something. I think it's. Yeah. Bo- I don't know if it's up or if it's down, but yeah. it's, it's a long, long, long list anyway. But it's, I, essentially, I was like if that's the amount of time he spent like over a year and a half and then he just can't pain pain yeah pain yeah and we all relate to him i think we've all mm. had a dream at some point we've wanted to pursue and we've oh, it's, yeah. been, it's been going it's just not gonna gonna happen i for have us. to drop out of uni for musical theater there we go yeah. I, i'm still pursuing my dream um podcaster yeah. <laughs> i'm in britain Okay. Okay. <laughs> so my no, but no. We, we all these things you try and do, and sometimes you get told it's not going to work out for you for whatever mm. reason, and we go okay, and you got to dust yourself off. But the immediacy of that moment, and when you're young, and this is the first, and he went all yeah. in on it, and everything that we get taught. I mean, the winners and losers, and all that stuff. If you try hard enough, like this film's all about people who have aspirations and don't hit them. Do you know? I can feel with this because I genuinely I wanted to be an actor when I was a kid. Um, up until my um, probably 30s, 31, yep. 32, that sort of age, I came home from a night shift at my job, which I'd been doing for quite a while, did the same thing, came in, made a cup of tea, sat down to watch a bit of TV. Just as I was about to turn the light off, I stood there in the middle of my living room and I went, it's not going to happen. Oh. It's not going to happen. And I generally broke down at like two in the morning wow. saying to myself, it's over. You know, and that was my first realization of all that time from being a young kid was like, no, I'm always going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to push it. I'm going to, you know, no matter yeah. what comes in the way, I've always got something on the go. I've always got something on the go. And I genuinely looked at my life and went, I've been at this job for so long now. I'm coming home and I'm yep. in the same routine. Yep. I'm having a cup of tea and I'm watching a movie or something, yep. you know. And I generally broke down. That's because we get peppered with these uh, stories that goes, always follow your dreams. It'll always happen. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to pursue your dreams. I do think that's important. I do. But I also think we need to be, the uh, pepper's the right word, but we need, to, we need to be preparing ourselves for just the likelihood of some of these things. And I hadn't. And going, if you're, yeah, I know, that's, that's, that's the thing. You know, it's like the bit where every A-level results day, Jeremy Clarkson here in the UK <laughs> tweets oh. that he only got two E's and a, a, two D's and an E, and he's sitting, you know, he's tweeting from his yacht today or yeah, something yeah, like weird that. Weird comments about Greta Thunberg today. Yeah. So, you know. I tell you what, it is, I, I felt, I did feel it mm. because being basically having what you thought you were going to do slashed because of something that you can't control like a medical issue yeah. mm-hmm. it's it takes you a while to get around it because it's not even it's like it's you can't even follow the nine steps to get around it because there is something physical mm. and you preventing it and you weren't dealt the same hand as everybody else yeah and he, yeah. he's he's 15 so if he's yep. been doing this for over a year and a half as the thing suggests 14 13 maybe th- yeah 13 years old yep. as, as a 13 year old I was like oh yeah i want to do musical theater couldn't do it Jumps for my A-levels, yeah. and, like, just destroys you. I, I fully yeah. get it. It's like a door. You see, you can vis- you can visualize the door shutting in your face. Yeah. 
Well, um, <laughs> on that light note, on that note uh, we might need podcast du- therapy for a different Dwayne continues, yeah. Yeah, we do, yeah. and he's asking back in the van. Is where he's honestly on this podcast, here. and this is where he fits the mood of the podcast by going, "I hate you, fucking people. Divorce, <laughs> bankrupt, suicide. You're losers. You're fucking losers." I like the way that you said losers. Dad talking. Isn't it? He's all that channeling, yeah. all that stuff. I don't know. That's him going. I think it's a mix. I said earlier, I think he's judgmental. And I think this is this purging. All of this superiority, teenage, whatever it is, yeah. coming out. And Nine I just felt for her. Shit, been able to say Cheryl it. doesn't say anything. I felt for Cheryl. I really, really did. Cheryl takes it, goes up, realizes where it's coming from, I think. She, and she says, I don't know what to do. Richard says, maybe Olive. Because, you know, just looking at my time. And uh, and don't be wrong, like, he's improving. That, that was funny. But, and then <laughs> in a dark she moment. goes, no, we can't do that. And then Olive with these ridiculous cowboy boots like, starts <laughs> walking. I love Olive's And it's going, like, this. two steps a minute. And thankfully, we do a jump cut to, and, like, her at the bottom of the of the hill talking to him. And she does a great thing. She just gives him a hug. Yeah. Life sucks. I can't, I can't, I can't fix this for you. N- says nothing. But I'll hug and he just goes, okay, let's go. Like yeah. back at the hospital. He, sorry? Like yeah, like back, back in the hospital, yeah. same idea. And like, um, and then he um, apologizes. I like that he apologizes. I didn't really feel that way. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, you do. I th- but it's what you do. You say terrible things to your family, and then you say excuses mm. that aren't actual real, but it's just enough to get you back. I like in the that room. he apologized, though. Yeah, it's important. He did. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then we do a rush to the pageant. Uh, they can't find the right road. They drive on pedestrian paths. It's great, but the door falls off, and we're in the third act, and we run into a different world. <laughs> we do. It's a totally different movie. It's a road trip movie, yeah. and then it's this. Yeah. And it's like an alien planet. It's a, it's a great tonal shift. Yeah. Because at this point, I'm ready to be out of the van. So what else do you have for me? And you actually had something for me on the other side of this. But this makes me feel more uncomfortable. Well, it should. Mm. So, because uh, they, they, they are strangers in a strange land. Yeah, yeah, They've yeah. come from New Mexico, which is kind of, you know, pedestrian. And then we swap to kind of this sort of other world, this hyper real world. And they won't let uh, Olive register. They're claiming it'll be unfair advantage. And the woman doing oh. this is Dwight's babysitter from the office. Oh, The yeah. one he brings to a dinner party. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't like her. Uh Richard begs and says, you don't know what we've been through. And then this guy called Kirby with this flamboyant shirt and this lovely mustache. I like him. Uh, so do I. He's the AV guy. He says they can put her in the system. <laughs> and they go, thank you, Kirby. Thanks so much. He goes, hey, no problem. So I'm not working for these people next year, which lets us know, oh, there's more of this to come. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, prior to writing the script, Michael Arndt read in a newspaper that Arnold Schwarzenegger was talking to a group of high school students once and said, if there's one thing in this world I hate, it's losers. I despise them. As a result, Michael Arndt developed the script lampooning the thought of winners and losers he said i thought there's something so wrong in that attitude and i wanted to attack that idea that you're either going up or you're going down so to a degree a child's beauty pageant is the epitome of the ultimate stupid meaningless competition people put themselves through yeah, oh, yeah. it's so superficial jonathan dayton also commented on the importance of the pageant saying as far as the pageant goes it was important to us the film not be about pageants it's about being out of place it's about not knowing where you're going to end up and all of ends up meeting miss california I love, I, I love Miss California. And Miss California just builds Olive up. And she goes, what did you tell? And she goes, I'm a dancer. She goes, oh, it's too hard for me. I'm a singer. I'm like, good for you. I Building love kids her. up. Love her. And she's the polar opposite, which lets us, I guess this is them going pageants aren't all bad because you get people like this at the end. Yeah, yeah. but also, do you remember at the beginning when um, the father's always saying stuff about, well, she doesn't eat ice cream oh, yeah. and all this mm. bad and the other. And she's, she's given it some. Because she's going to leave and she comes back around and goes, Miss California? Yeah. Do you eat ice cream? And she goes, I love ice cream. Oh, mm-hmm. this made me tear up. Then you find out it's actually frozen yogurt, so you're just a bit liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, 
eat the, the, eat the skinny version all this it's the sentiment that, it is that, no i'm joking yeah, yeah. mom she eats ice cream and the smile on her face brilliant and then we go back into the backstage area and the first thing you hear is the of the fake oh. tan yeah and you see this fictitious beauty and it's part of when we, we study this it's about the american obsession with winning hey, with beauty fictitious. with youth no, 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 far from it. Yeah. And so there's fake tan and over-sexualized children everywhere. Let uh, kids be kids. All the girls acting. Because I've this is the part where I talk to my students and go, I don't know, because I know how I feel about the film. I'm sitting there going, I don't know how I feel about them casting girls to do this. I should imagine they're just girls that you that I were reckon, in the pageants anyway. Yeah, because the way that, that, they, that they stand and the way yeah. that they present themselves looks like they've they've done that for a long time. Very toddlers and tiaras. Very much so. Oh, all the sh- girls acting as participants in the beauty pageant, except Abigail Breslin, were veterans of real yeah, beauty pageants. Yeah, we got that. They looked the same and performed the same as acts they had done in real life pageants. Yeah. So generally, wow. what we saw was their real stuff. Um, Dwayne sees two of them run by, and they're very. I mean, you said John Benet Ramsey. We talked about right. Yeah, it feels like it was that kind of like very poofy dresses, and we just hear like audio. It's been added in post for sure, but it's kind of go away from me, away from me. And Dwayne looks at Frank and says, "Let's get out of here." Yeah. And he's like, "Yep," because Frank's just opened the newspaper and seeing that Larry Sugarman's got yeah. an ad in the paper. Yeah, because people are really wanting to know what Proust scholars doing right now. Exactly, <laughs> but it's okay. It means he needs to get a reason to get out of there. Uh, Kirby Neves Olive's music and Liam you were here way ahead of me when I watched it because he gets given her CD and goes this is your music yeah. and she goes yeah he goes who chose this she goes my grandpa and he goes alright what track <laughs> and that's track 12 and that's it and so that plants the seed if you're paying attention something ain't right here I never yeah. clocked in on this but yeah, you were yeah. there yeah. Um, and then Richard outside because he asked does anybody know a good funeral home or something like that around here <laughs> And they give him personal effects. He gives the story about, yeah, we just thought he was napping. They said, oh, where's the body? He opens the trunk and then looks away. And they don't really say anything. They look at each other. And that's oh, it. Yeah. That's it, yeah. What's well, business, isn't it? Well, I guess. Yeah. They go personal effects. They drive away. There's a great panning shot of the box. And then it's just Richard looking up. And it's that old adage that you're not a man until until your father passes away which means you know i was like 11 or 10 or something like well, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i was eight yeah this isn't so, a competition no it's not a competition okay, you win <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no in, in actuality i think you know it's that idea about the person you look to for advice and when that person's no longer there what do you do and that's yeah. it and so he's a different guy looking away now like he's something before but there's something something changes in him i think here i think it's an important scene as he watches the van with his dad drive away and everything mm. that's left of him is just in a tiny box a tiny box right a yeah, little, yeah. little bit of heroin <laughs> he went to the bathroom thought all right for you dad and then went out to watch the pageant and went what's this he says i'm flying without wings man <laughs> to be fair, that's probably why he jumps on stage what's this what's this <laughs> uh richard then sits down beside this i'm gonna call him biker bill I like Biker Bill. Biker Bill. I thought it was Josh Brolin at first. Oh, no. No. He looks like The MC, who I don't know who the actor was, but he was great in this role. As creepy as he was, he was great in it. The MC at the pageant is a parody of the official MC of child beauty pageants, Tim Whitmer, a.k.a. Mr. Tim, who can be seen or heard in various documentaries about child pageants. Um, and there's a lot of overly made up kids Ugh. as we go through them. And this way, it's catwalking, baby, is the song as they kind of Ugh. come around. And they're all kind of, they all know how to like strut and position themselves in ways yeah, that are designed that to shouldn't. feature areas that children shouldn't be featuring. Yep. And we have lots of cutaways to it's Richard. Horrible. This is all accurate. Yeah. It's horrible. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. We have a lot of cutaways to Richard kind of looking concerned, going, 
huh because yeah. they never took her to a pageant it was remember it was it was the the the, the sister cindy yeah who took yeah. her to the pageant so yeah. that's the benefit is that now the whole family is the surrogate for us because we get to experience it through the family's eyes and it's important because all the other cutaways to people in the crowd are like loving it yeah because our parents of these kids yeah no. They're, they're the ones that encourage it. And, and they, they, they put these people up in hotels for like the, the weeks they took to shoot this. So they were there for a while, yeah. What did you call him, Biker Dan? Uh, I called him Biker Bill. Biker Bill. See, what's Biker Bill doing there? Well, he's got a kid. He's a parent. He's in the thing, right? So they he go, doesn't agree with none of this either. Well, he's just there bored. He, I think he's become desensitized to it. Oh, okay. Mm. So he's there because he's got to be there because uh, just bef- before they sing, which will be in a second, America the Beautiful, ironic. Um, All the time. We get... Um, we get, he goes, uh, Richard goes to Biker Bill and says, you got a kid in the show? And he goes, is it your first time? And he goes, yeah. And he just puts his earplugs back in. So the earplugs, in the like, he's just tuning yeah. out. He's just there because he has to be there. For the kid, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Richard's, not, not only is Richard there, but he's also, like, when, when she's looking out at him, he, like, waves to her. And there's, like, a spotlight on him. And I don't know if it presents the fact that he's good now or if he's been enlightened. But something's going on where he's oh, going. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. guess assigned to him to go, he's different, he's learned something. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. Lo- in that scene where she's looking out in the audience and he's the only one there, he loves his daughter. Yeah, Greg yeah, yeah. Kinnear wins all the acting in this film. Oh, yeah. He's so good because he makes you... He's the slime ball, yeah, and he's okay. able to make me forgive him. Okay. And when you think about how far he goes, yeah, that's yeah, a big yeah. ask. It is a big ask. You're right. Um, and so uh, Olive is then placed in a clear two shot, and there's the girl who's like the most sexualized John Benet Ramsey version, and her side by side. I kept thinking about, and that's really, and she's in a two piece, and Olive's in this very pedestrian one piece bathing suit. Yeah. It looks like a like a gym leotard. It's, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, it's just basic. And then we cut to uh, Abigail Breslin, and she's looking at herself in the mirror, and like she doesn't like oh. what she sees. She sucks her tummy in. And she sucks her tummy in. I remember doing that at that age. Really? Yeah. I was a chubby. I was a chubby child, and I remember doing that. And I remember doing it because people point things out, yeah. even at that age. Mm. And I remember looking at myself and going. I'm bigger than my friends yeah. and it's 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 heartbreaking it really is I luckily because I noticed it at a young age got over it at a young age yeah. and by the time I got to like high school teenager I was just like I don't care I'm happy yeah um so I got away with it lightly but yeah. it doesn't always go that way the heartbreaking yeah. the heartbreaking thing always me always for me. um for this was you hear Cheryl go are you okay in there sweetie what, what's up she goes, oh yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm, fine. I'm fine and like oh she just lied to her mom yeah. at seven yeah Whew. I struggle with this. Uh, Abigail Breslin is wearing a padded suit to make her look yeah. bigger than she is. Okay. Um, it's good that they did that. Breslin spent two weeks preparing for the final scene with the, with the choreographer oh, while no. wearing the uh, the padded <laughs> suit. Um, to prepare for filming, the director attended several pageants in Southern California and met with a coordinator to learn about the pageant process. A mother of a contestant in the film claimed the film's overplayed practices the contestants go through, saying most pageants aren't quite like that, with shaving the girls' legs, spraying them with fake tans, and putting on so much makeup. Uh, I would challenge the most pageants aren't quite like that. Yeah. Stay I'm going, so oh, you're acknowledging yeah. that you've been part of ones that do do that. Yeah. I right. challenge that. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm sure the media may be over. I, look, I got an issue with any time you line up a bunch of prepubescent children and say, let's judge them on who's the prettiest. I got a real issue with that. I'm sorry. Pageants yeah. are for drag queens, and that is it. That's <laughs> where, that is where it should stay. 
Uh, we then get America the Beautiful saying by the MC, who's great. It's creepy because so America, awful. he's looking at the children. And mm. uh, he's so awful. And, and he's so, him so much. It's creepy. But then Abigail Breslin's looking at him with this look like, who are you? Oh, she nails it. Brilliant. Although I think they've contoured her face differently here because she looks much thinner in that that shop and she does in the rest of the film yeah. I should imagine she just isn't that might have been a pickup shot she's just she's in a black outfit in that one as opposed to the red yeah. she wears the parents are loving it Richard's hating it and Richard's nailing it we then go to the pier I like the pier Dwayne wants to skip life until he's 18 where is that pier I'm feeling like that uh, not Redondo Beach it's actually in some other neighboring area because Redondo Beach the hotel isn't actually on the beach oh okay so there we go I love that pier um, Proust uh, which you know I hear that uh, Richard, sorry, that Frank? Frank, I hear that Frank knows something about. Uh, Proust realized that his suffering years were the best years of his life. And then Dwayne says, life is one big beauty contest after another. And then finally says, just, you know what? Just do what you love and fuck the rest. <laughs> He's not wrong. It's good advice. Yeah. It is good advice. Um, and which point uh, Frank says, glad you're talking again, Dwayne. You're not nearly as stupid as you look, which I think is. It's nice bond. Moment. have a dialogue yeah, and if yeah, anything yeah, yeah. stopping talking is the most selfish thing you can do hear me out here because what it means is i'm refusing to engage you in basic conversation mm. i'm gonna write, i'll write it down but it's a chore for me yeah, yeah and yeah. the abstract of conversation it's it's a collaborative effort as we sit here talking to each other. So we do a film <laughs> review where we don't talk yeah <laughs> i don't know there's been there's been, there's been a few where people had their feelings certain they just stopped talking <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong, you're not wrong. Was um, that a dig at me or liam yeah, could, yeah. Could, could, could be both <laughs> um i've got you georgia there we are thanks mate back to the singer sorry the talent competition we got singers and dancers and gymnasts and yodelers yodelers i want to be a rodeo queen are you, is, is yodeling country music no because they kind of pair them together for they that do. girl it can, yeah do. it can it be paired can. yeah now anybody who wants to go we're not all over sexualized the girl who's doing the the, the the rodeo she's just dressed like and had this hoe of like cowboy gear she's not yeah. over sexualized no. yeah no some of them is i, I think it's a really like accurate it. representation but there were some who were actually. like bang on uh, that, that yeah. jean benet ramsey look like oh, absolutely there were it's it's a mix i dated a girl who used to do like american beauty pageants a couple years ago no as in she did them a couple years ago isn't it, it was a couple years ago that i talked to her and she was like it's terrible it's that it is that obscene Dwayne and frank go in to see the town competition they say oh no and they go ahead they turn around they rush out it's a great little reveal because obviously well, one of them goes in there doesn't he no they both yeah, go they in, both go in. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously obviously you just film going into a door and say okay boys and like, come no. on out and act like all right i've stolen that joke actually for something in, in the past so that's that was brilliant. uh i was like i nicked that that was to that's a good fun. joke if you walk into a room and someone jodling you know to leave yeah uh, I think actually it was the girl who was doing the rolling gymnastics and the, the gymnastics MC and the MCs like, oh. all like bouncing along with her. Tell you what though, that was fucking Jesus. You know <laughs> what? <laughs> I think he was impressed by the gymnastics. The gymnastics. Okay. Yeah, that was jeez. Right. Well, what uh, do you think of it? It's Jesus. just two words you don't usually hear side by side. Oh, oh yeah, okay, okay. Gymnasts. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, buddy, you know. Yeah. Um, if, if you had to talk to someone about it, you know, it was Reverend Bruce. <laughs> Sorry, Reverend Liam, Bruce. Liam, it sounded like you wanted to f*** Jesus. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 give, well, you, let's give uh, you all the editing work to do this week. That's There's right. There's going to be a lot of editing in this one. There is. This one. <laughs> um, and so... Um, 
Dwayne and Frank, and Dwayne's like, I'm going to go backstage. And Frank's like, yeah, yeah, you better. And uh, Richard's also come backstage, and they all want Olive not to go on. Yeah. And Richard's, I'm with them, though. Richard's like, know, yeah. hang on, I got a question for you a minute. Okay, yeah. So Richard's like, no, I don't want to go on. And all, and Dwayne's like, they're going to laugh at her. They're going to laugh at her. She's not a beauty queen. And they cut to a close-up on her. And she's in like this Annie Hall-looking outfit. Yeah. yeah. And I look at her. She's not. She's just not. And as the audience, we're all going, if we're honest with ourselves. She's not. She's not. Now, the no. way typical films are laid up, I'm very interested in two people who watch it the first time. Were you thinking there might be a chance she actually does win this? Like some miracle is going to happen? No. And she no. Was, oh, okay. Oh, God. No, no, no. It's, it's too superficial. Because, 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 because movies, m- the nature of movies like this have taught us that, oh, yeah. she's going to win them in the end. And That's honestly, not how that works. I honestly thought she weren't going to go on. I thought they were going to stop her. And this, even Dwayne says, you're the mom. You're supposed to protect her. And I'm like, oh, I'm careful there. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, but look, Olive wants to do this. I can't take this away from Olive. So whose side are you on here? Can you tell Olive after everything, no. after Grandpa dying, you oh. can't go on stage? I know, right? No, That's you, why later on I'm cheering. You protect, you protect her from the aftermath. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's what you have to do. That's why later on I'm cheering on the family. Yep. <laughs> uh, Olive's performance. So she goes on. She's the last one. And then we'll have our winners. Typical last Olive one. calls him over and says, I want to dedicate this to my grandpa <laughs> who showed me these moves. Now, again, we've never seen it. No, we haven't. The parents. I judge the parents for never seeing this. Because <laughs> she's practicing this every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that also shows how disconnected they really are. Absolutely. The, the they only are. person who actually has a stake Cheryl's, in it with Cheryl's doing everything to keep the family afloat. Yeah. And, you know, Richard's just doing, he's in his head in the clouds over his nine steps. Yeah. Frank's never been there. To which point the MC goes, where's your grandpa right now? Is he in the audience? (laughs) No, he's in the trunk of our car. (laughs) (laughs) He's dead in the trunk of our car, isn't it? At which point the MC goes, okay then. (laughs) I don't think she says dead. No, no, she just says in the trunk of our car. car. Oh, he's in the trunk of our car. Which is even more funny. But. Obviously, he's not because he's been taken out. But yeah, but she, she, didn't, know know she didn't know that. No. Yeah. And the track starts, and it's oh. Super Freak by Rick James, and there's the strip tease. And I thoroughly enjoyed watching this with Liam in the room <laughs> because funny. Liam had never seen it before. And so there's something about watching this film with someone who hasn't seen it before Definitely. that adds a level to it. Because that's my first time. My first time, I laughed so hard, my sides hurt. <laughs> I made sure I showed up just like earlier just so i could see liam's reaction ethan did walk in i went i I went people haven't seen this don't ruin anything (laughs) i was so glad i showed up it was fantastic and so and it was it's levels so there's the first bit when it's the rick james and it's the hands down the side (laughs) and then then the 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 tearaway pants that reveals (laughs) (laughs) and then she bursts open her like bodice you're like and there's also this level going and i'm I'm with because you know, people start booing, and then Frank stands up. He starts clapping like it's along to the along to the beat. And then when she like goes to rip her bottle, somebody's here. Richard going, no, 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 no. no. no, no. <laughs> she's like, how far is this going to go? And you don't know because Grandpa's you dead. You can't you even ask him. <laughs> so she's up there. We have no idea what she's going to do. No. And she starts crawling on the ground <laughs> and goes rawr. And like that's the roar from earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've been setting me up for this. This is fantastic. So yeah. Um, and so Miss California loves it. Miss California does. Love it. But the babysitter doesn't so much, and there's a great cutaway to the MC. He was like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> um, then the boss goes to Richard and says, "What's your daughter doing?" He goes, "She's kicking ass. That's what she's doing." And I'm like, "Good." Uh, the MC's ordered to get all of off the stage, and then Richard runs up to prevent it. I'm like, "Oh, let me a fight." Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, 
she does manage to sort of uh, sort of restrain the MC, and then they go, you know, get your daughter off this stage now. Credit to her to carry on. To Olive. Yeah, yeah, well, for yeah, a minute, yeah. she's stopping. Richard says, keep, keep, keep dancing, keep dancing. Yeah. And then he goes up behind her, and this is the crux. What's he going to do? Is she a loser? Is he going to let her be a loser in front of everybody, or what's he going to do? Uh, the whole time, Liam is shouting, dance with her! Dance with her! <laughs> I am, I am. And he starts to dance because with her. that's the only way you can salvage it. Yeah. And so he starts dancing, and then Frank runs up, and he starts dancing too. Yeah, and he fun. and Richard are doing like like this head bopping <laughs> thing together. And then Dwayne gets up, he's like, well, "What's Dwayne really gonna do?" And he does like sexual, like like pelvic dance. Oh, he's told. And he, then he he directs it towards Miss Miss America. A little, Miss <laughs> <laughs> California. He, yeah, Miss California. So. He is, he is, he is. He's taking advice <laughs> from Granddad. So. Uh, and then uh, Cheryl walks up, and they all sort of like jump and dance around and hold hands. And oh. Dwayne just spins. It's he's like not, a little baptism circle. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Anyways. And then the music ends and like people are like getting up and leaving and some couple are booing but then Kirby's just like clapping oh. in the background and that's the first level of the joke and then you oh, think second level is you brilliant. Think it just pauses for a beat and you get yeah <laughs> because you've forgotten about biker bill in the yeah. in, in the crowd yeah this film is so good at planting things make giving you just enough time so you forget it and then paying it off yeah biker bill yeah oh it's so satisfying in the commentary of a director's note that greg kinnear was really self-conscious about his dancing because his wife made fun of his dance moves at their wedding Aww. he was so self-conscious he requested the dance scene be eliminated from the film Aww. kinnear buddy you would have got that one wrong oh yeah mm-hmm. oh it's so good I think it was our hopes that they're not all great dancers because no. it just like he's they're willing not to put. To be, yeah, are they? he's willing to put like. He's I imagine the only everything. one who had any sort of choreography is actually Abigail Breslin. Oh, okay. everybody else is just like just just do stuff. Yeah, just do what you want. Man. Yeah. The end of the movie. There's a police lineup looking shot. They're all sat down in front of this. And you see the window and the the, the woman running the things like yelling at some guy, the police, and they get told, "Look, they're going to let you go as long as you promise to never ever enter your child in a beauty pageant." in the state of california ever again why is that a, a police issue um you could argue there was moments of violence between the dad Disturbing and the mc the, pol- uh, the piece, piece yeah. and yeah. they were like technically i guess trespassing by being on the stage and those yeah. things like they're not supposed okay. to be doing that. yeah um anyway it's just to get him out of so we go, okay yeah, he goes, yeah, yeah. i think we can live with that because they ain't ever going to beauty pageant again no uh the door is back on the van so the van's been breaking down more and more and more i think representing the family yeah, right yeah. just like the family breaks down the van breaks down it's a symbol yeah, yeah. so the van the door's back on so it's starting to repair the healing yeah. process is beginning not fully though it's no, not done no. yet well no you can't fix it we get richard looks at the blanket for a moment it's a great moment and then he cleans it up mm. everybody sees him have that moment and he just goes your grandpa would be really proud of you and there's a spy shot as they go and push the van, and we get the score happening. You know, boom, 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 <laughs> boom, 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 boom. They crash to the barrier. There's one last screw you to the woman who ran the pageant. Yeah. <laughs> they drive north out of the frame. They're laughing. They're smiling, and they're on their way home, even though very little is fixed. And the final thing you hear is the it's, horn. It's the horn. Yeah. It fades out. Just to hear like. And that was. Little yeah. Miss Sunshine. Um, so let's talk uh, about the end game. Uh, wait, hang on. I'm going to push the wrong button if I. I'm learning. Look yeah, at this. Thing. <laughs> I need to do a thing. There we go. I need to move that over. The colors are wrong. There the you colors go. Colors are wrong. 
We're in the end game now. And we are on the end game now. Liam, we need a random word, buddy. Random word is going to be uh, super freak. Super freak. <laughs> Shout out to Salted Food that I can only hear Super Geek that they play over it's, some of the videos uh, with Ben being like giving food facts. All right. Super geeky. Apt. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's talk about budget. The budget was $8 million. How much do you think it takes in? Let's start with Georgia. Mm, I genuinely have no idea. My brain went to 14, but that feels tiny. Uh it's just a game. We just need 40, a number. 40. 4 zero. Yeah, Liam. I think it's low. Um, 60. And Ethan. 35. $100.5 million. Oh, no. yeah. So Liam is a long way away, but still takes the win. <laughs> yeah. So I guess well I'll done there. Yeah. yeah. Um. So as far as that goes, next up would be uh, the awards. This won two Oscars. It won Best Original Screenplay for the yeah, script. I can, yeah. 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 One of them won an acting award. Ooh. Who do you think it was? I hope it was Olive. I think I want to say uh, Alan Arkin. But would that be best supporting? That can't be Olive. It's either best acting or best supporting acting or actress. Yeah, that can't yeah. be the kid. I'm going to say Alan heard, Arkin then for best that. supporting. Um, no, I'm going to say Greg Kinnear. Is that Greg Kinnear? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the award went to Alan Arkin, Grandpa, hey, for well best done. supporting actor. Well done. Uh, I would actually disagree with it if I had to, but that's me. Uh, I think Grandpa's great. I do. Mm. I mean, yeah. um, it, uh, two more nominations, also up for Best Picture, also up for Abigail Breslin for Best Supporting Actress. Oh, good. Okay. Because oh, so, well, we'd have heard about that if that had been the case. It won two BAFTAs, and it was the same two awards that won for Oscars. So Best Screenplay and Best uh, Supporting for Alan Arkin. Yeah, yeah. Also was nominated for Best Picture, also nominated for Best Supporting Actress, also nominated for Tony Collette for Best Supporting Actress. That yeah. makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they won the Screen Actors Guild Award, that just like the, the, the actors voting yeah, yeah. for their own peers. Mm. Uh, they won Outstanding Cast. It, it, oh. Is, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is great cast. Two Golden Globe nominations, one for Best Picture and one for Tony Collette for Best Supporting Actress. Oh, oh, so there we go. Good, good, good. Uh, whose story is it? Uh, is it cheating if I say The Families? No, you can go ahead and say The Family. The Families. Yeah. <laughs> it is a family unit story, but yeah. I mean, the story that you follow Olive on, I think is gorgeous. All right, Liam? I'm with uh, Ethan. I think it's The Family. Respectfully, you're, you're all wrong. It's Richard's story. I mean, it is. Yeah, it's Richard's yeah. story. It, 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 this is the story of his redemption. He goes from winners and losers to actually embracing. Now, everybody else has their arcs within it, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, a yeah, Richard's yeah, yeah. story. I can see why the studio wanted to focus on Richard more. I'm glad they didn't, but I can see why they wanted to center it just around him. Okay. He has the perfect amount of time, I think, yeah. to focus. He's he's the guy in the background. You don't think it's going to be about him because we have a suicide person and we have the uh, the little girl who's true, in the pageant, true. and then behind just simmering in the background, you don't really notice it. There's a massive arc here for this guy. Because mm. I generally thought more was going to happen with Steve Carell. Yeah, I think he just learns to appreciate life. He's a bit I like of a, that, he's a bit of an observer, isn't he? Yeah, just mm. chipping in with comments yeah, as, yeah, as, yeah. as 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 needed. So yeah. Um, what is the story here? Oh, jeez. I, I think it's a story about grief and people learning yeah. to move on past grief. Uh, we get um, Uncle Frank, who's dealing with grief so bad that he that he tried to end his life. Yeah. Um, and the uh, and the fallout from that, and that includes all, everything from you know denial, rejection, all, you know all, all those steps until you finally accept. About his um, attempted suicide, yeah. is the guy never knows. No, never no. knows. 
you know what I mean? He hides his wrists, yeah. Never know. Yeah, yeah, never you, know. you never know if someone else is hurting, right? No. Um, and then we have Richard, who's going through his own grief. We have Dwayne, who goes through his grief stages. Mm-hmm. You know, even even denial. If I want to find a way to fly, I'll find a way to fly. Yeah. You're not. No. That's why you kind of leave him in denial, don't you? That's you leave him there. He's working. Yeah. He's working. His journey's not over yet. No. No. Um, so I think, that for me, that's what I think the story is. Anybody else want to have a different no. interpretation? No. You're... you're- there's definitely a redemption story in it as well for the the entire family unit as well, not mm. just for Richard and his kind of. Oh, arc, I said, I, I like said a, they've all got arcs, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Like yeah. There's a full family unit redemption, which is really lovely as I well. I mean, you know who doesn't really have an arc, actually? Tony Collette. No, Olive. Oh, yeah. Olive's arc is I can have ice cream. That's her arc. <laughs> for a seven-year-old going through that, like the body shaming stuff, that's I think, I think the, it's brilliant. And the important thing is they. I think the important thing is, despite everything that looks around it, they do protect her from the majority of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's that one moment, and they they make the thing. We'll never go to a beauty pageant again because we don't need her to think about that. Yeah, exactly. And they have this moment. They dance around as a family, and they have this great moment. They say, "You did really, really well." And she just goes, "Thank you." Yeah. She has no idea that everybody else was really kind of. They did film an alternate ending where they sort of suggest they stole the the trophy and they sneak <laughs> out of out of the hotel. That was mainly that was one done I think for for Abigail Breslin's benefit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is great. It's on it's on YouTube. It's a nice little watch. It, yeah. 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 Um, so there's that. Um, role of women? Jordan? I don't think it's pretty good. Pardon me? I think it's pretty good. I think Tony Collette is. You have a strong matriarch, yeah. I guess, yeah, she's the one who holds. I guess fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and Miss America as well. She's brilliant in it. California. California. Yeah, she's good. I mean, she gives her that other sort of shot, but I think we have women being the villains, yeah. which yeah. we do. Yeah. We have women being the heroes. We have yeah. Tony Collette's fantastic in this. Oh, phenomenal. Uh, in the background, but sort of playing that role of the mother who is holding everything together, which I think there's a lot of people who could probably identify she's with that. stronger than him. Yeah, and you know Abigail Breslin is the central character who sort of leads us on our, on our journey. She's the reason yeah. we have to get into get in the van. So yeah, and by that, there's a whole bunch of commentary about things like pageants and the appropriateness of it, that sort of brilliant. stuff. It's, yeah. it's it's a really good film for for generating conversation on a number of issues, mm-hmm. including an why, why? unhealthy obsessive standard of beauty, which means yeah. you got to spray tan a stinking seven year old. Why in 2021 are we is that is that not banned? Uh, child pageants great yeah. great question no oh, idea they are no. so massive in places it's, like it's Texas an industry and those sorts of places they the southern beauty pageants are massive they make so much money from not it. to be cynical but you know we saw a lot of cutaways to mothers who seem to be living vicariously through their children and that yeah, would be the answer do. i'd have for you it's essentially what it is like <sighs> There, there's four shows on TV all about it. There's toddlers in TRs, tiaras, dance yeah, but why so, do they have to be so young is what I'm saying? Why, why, I, why, it's easier why you, to mould them into... It's the strange forward. combination of the absolutely innocent and sexualization. I don't even know why. I never got it. I, I, I never get it either. No. I think it's because it's also easier to tell a child to do a thing. Like they'll, they'll follow the, yeah. the, the the thing and they can, it's, it's, it's an easy student, not even studio, just company asset okay maybe 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 it just <laughs> comes down to the mother right like George said favorite character olive okay i love her i i, I was that child so Liam. <laughs> funny yeah yeah i yeah i like olive no um for me i think um the granddad only because my right? students all like the granddad the best yeah typically because what i didn't like him to start with He's he the best he jokes. I do. And He's then he funny. Then, Come on. Then he wins me over. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 
And if, if, if you're a teenager, you like Grandpa because he's just the shocking things. Yeah. Because teenagers like shock humor. Yeah, but he does that tenderness as well. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm not saying, you know, I'm saying why they like it. Oh, he's, okay. he's, he's much more rounded okay. than that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, yeah, because he's not the person I was going to pick. Mm-hmm. I was, was going to pick Olive. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, yeah, you were really quick to go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, when you, you hit these big moments, you were always kind of there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but thinking, you know, ahead now, and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, no, no, he was, he's the one for me that I, I like people that I don't like, and then I pretend, not pretend, I, I, I like at the end. Yep. You know? We've, yep. got do, we've got to do another movie that we've talked about before, because that... Oh. Yep. Ethan? Uh, Richard, I, I despised that man. I wanted his head on a pike for a long time. <laughs> and he has the best, he has the, he's, he has the best, the, the best arc. It's... Mm-hmm. It's human, and it doesn't finish. It doesn't. No. It's, it's just beginning, and it's I like the work. fact that it has. It ends with this sort of not even melancholy, this hopeful sense of even though everything still needs to work, like he's now trying. It's he's, a new. He, it's, it's a new chapter. Yeah, yeah. I, I I really like it, and you see a change. He he's a different man by the end. Even just in his presence, I love it. Richard was going to be my answer. Um, oh, sorry, say Richard, but no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, go ahead. I think you're also going to say Olive. No, Frank. Frank. Yeah. Oh, okay. There is something. I think Frank is the missing. I think Frank is the missing ingredient that causes change. Yeah. He, because we had all the other characters in the same space, and nothing changed, and then Frank comes along. They need him, and he needs them. Dwayne needs him big time because that yeah. partnership between Dwayne and Frank is early, and he disrupts the status quo. That makes sense because I said to you earlier on, didn't I? He looked like an angel. Yeah, well, uh, you know, like Jesus. Or I, I was sure. working with my students, going, "Is there some sort of weird thing? Like, is, is Frank dead? Is there some weird thing where Frank's a ghost? Is Frank, you know, w- w- what's going on here?" And he came to bring them together. Yeah, I don't know, Frank. but there's something here. He's yeah, a yeah, physical yeah, yeah. representation of what could happen to Dwayne if he continues going down that depressive path. That's his future. <gasps> Imagine if he had succeeded. I don't want to. Is, no, is this no, like no. it's a wonderful life? Like, what are we doing here? No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if he succeeded, right? Yeah. And he did take his own life. The family would mo- maybe never repair itself. I would see if it's me. I think Alan Arkin's great. I would give. I would be pushing hard for Steve Carell to win an Oscar as supporting He's actor. Incredible. He's very yeah. good. It's a very Grandpa has the big part. Yeah. The part that yeah, lets yeah, you do yeah. the shouting. I remember when I watched The Hours, and I was like, yeah, Nicole Kidman's great in it. She really is. But I really liked... Uh, she had uh, a nose for a part in that. Julianne Moore in it. I thought Julie, I thought Nicole Kidman had the shouty bit, but yeah, Julianne yeah. Moore did the acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Steve Carell, I I think Steve Carell does, 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 does the acting in this. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And Alan Arkin is the fun part. You can put it on an Oscar reel. But actually, that even the silence and just him sitting there broken in that, hotel, in that hospital room. Yep. Woo! Yep. It's yeah, a it's very volumes. true depiction of someone after after a suicide attempt i don't know if we're gonna have an honesty hour here history is it my, my life is a thing but it's it's the most true thing of it's not the full focus the entire time and he doesn't always bring it up he just sort of not even jokes about it just admits it and sort of moves past but it's still there mm-hmm. and i really like that as an ac- it's an accurate depiction of post suicide attempt and i i, I really appreciate that yeah, because you know what? Life didn't just stop, and there's other things you have to do. Yeah. And it didn't and I, miraculously I fix either. No. It's, yeah, it's, it's lovely. I think he finds, again, it's about isolation, and then what does it mean when you actually, because that dance that you on stage, they're, they're together, they're a unit, and then you put them back in the van, and they're together, and they're a unit, they're smiling. Is it perfect? Of course not. They're still bankrupt almost. You know, Grandpa's yeah. still dead. Uh, the you know, car is still broken. The car is still broken. Frank is still unemployed. You know, I still I think Dwayne actually brings Frank out of a lot of stuff because they're paired together all the time. Yeah, 
I think that's Dwayne that brings him more out. And I think he's. Oh, I think it's. I think it's symbiotic. I think they both do it for each other. They see a reflection of each other, which is why we put them both in white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um. So there's that. Um. Is there a weak link in this cast? No. No. Um. I want to say Paul Dano, but I still really like. Oh, him. Paul Dano's great. In this. Exactly, that's the thing. I love him. He's just such a shit, but it's perfect for how much of a shit he is. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about the performance. Yeah. I'm not talking about, oh. about, about 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 the writing necessarily no, or a story. No, I don't like him. Are but incredible. No, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think as a whole, they're they're all fantastic. Cast. Mm. Strong cast. It's six, isn't it? It's six people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, with some nice cameos too. Like, uh, like shout out to Dean Norris, who's great. Shout out to Brian Cranston, who's great. Yeah. Shout out to the MC, who's great. God, I yeah. wish I could see Brian Cranston and Dean Norris and something together. They're great. Yeah, they are. <laughs> something else we could see them in. Uh, um, Grumble. I just don't like the beauty pageant side of things. All right, that just really sort of throws me. I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. And and but you know, that's the I, thing. They I, are I fish know, out of water. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I know this of it yep. but, ugh. Georgia ugh. I don't think I have one okay Ethan I'm th- the only thing I can think of is I feel that the let's uh, steal grandpa part is like kind of jumping the shark but it makes sense to what it is so I can't even call it a grumble it's just a That's, bit it's slippery ground that could have gone yeah. off the rails there you're it, not wrong because it makes sense for what Richard's character is going through it's, yep. he's on, on the cusp it's a it's a bit of a like like whiplash of of what it is, so it it's it's like it's on the cusp for me, but I can't even call it a grumble. Uh, I would have liked Tony Collette's character to have a little bit more of something. Yeah, she's facilitating everybody else's stories, which maybe is a commentary in itself. Mm, maybe we had that quiet moment. She's having a, having a cigarette out, out on the balcony, and I'm just like a little bit more from her, maybe. But that's the very smallest. Of that's such a for big me. cast that you. Like, I, I don't know. And the pacing, this film's paced per- Like, when you say it's an hour and 41, you're like, it had to be longer than that. Because they pack so much into an hour and 41. And there's so much going on. Like, when they started taking the body, um, Grandpa's body, I thought, this is going to be too fuscal. This is going to be stupid. And it didn't. No. You know, but I thought that's where it was going to go. It could have It could have been, you know. It could have been, it could have been a handle. All so. the police are chasing us on the stage Ooh. looking for the, yeah, oh, it's I the woman. I thought yeah, gonna, they were going to like weekend at Bernie's it for It's a the bereavement like, liaison. So She's tracked them down at the pageant. Like, yeah, it could have gone. It could have, but they didn't. And I also didn't feel there was enough emotion for the grandfather going. Oh, really? Yeah, I really didn't feel there it's was. It's subtle. I like how subtle it is. <sighs> the day I found out my granddad died, we went all went off to West End Live. Like I know it's not Loss. like you 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 kind of go you still do your day that you had planned. You th- you think sometimes your world is going to stop when big moments happen like that, and mm. sometimes they do, and sometimes it doesn't, and life continues. Yeah. And it's the same with Frank's suicide. It's not the the, the main focus. It just it happened. It happened. We to make sure we don't leave him by himself, and let's yeah. what's life, what else is life going is on? Still going on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's take a look here. Next up, we've got anybody's best role ever. Who, who, who you got time for? I mean, Steve Carell. Steve Carell's Alan Arkins. Definitely. Um, Greg Kinnear's, and I love Greg Kinnear and as good as it gets, but he's better in this. And the girl who played Olive. Abigail Breslin? Yeah. I haven't seen I've her in much. seen her in anything else. I've she's seen in her in Definitely Maybe. I've seen her in... Zombieland. That's, that's it. And that's like, Zombieland. Yeah. Like, it's, she's, not, she's not bad, but she's yeah. excellent in this. I think it's... Uh, maybe I'm trying to think if I like Tony Collette better in Knives Out no I don't think so I think everybody I've, I think every member of the cast like better in this I've yeah. seen Tony Collette better in Hereditary but that's because she, she gets to scream you didn't think she was better in Three Billboards 
<laughs> I was really worried that was going to come back. <laughs> he looked up for a minute going, let me run that hallway. Hang on. He's taking the piss. I was like, what was going on? Yep. Um, so I, I, for me, it's like everybody. And not because I haven't seen them in a, a bunch of things. I have. And this made me love. This made me appreciate Steve Carell and probably give The Office a second yeah. chance. I'll be honest. Yeah, I'm not a Steve Carell fan, but in this, he is and you know what if you see things like he's moved past that sort of slapsticky 40 year old virgin evan almighty kind of stuff he's gone and and even anchorman like he does uh if you've ever seen range he's got such range if you see oh what's it called no i haven't seen dan in real life Uh, if you see uh oh now this is bugging me is it love and other drugs i think is that him him and ryan gosling I think it's yeah. one of the other drugs. Uh, or also, if you see, oh, the one about the money, the, the big short. Oh, see, oh big the short. big short is there's, amazing. There's in one it. he does with um, Channing Tatum. It's like Fox something. Duh. But that, that it's him and Mark Ruffalo, and they play like boxing coaches. Yeah. He's incredible. In he's, he's, he's got range. He's trying to yeah. show that range a bit more now. Like, he's really good. I, I don't like his comedy. But yeah, I like, yeah. I like, I like his serious stuff. Um, then if we go... Uh, I think it's that time, Ethan. Age game, age game. Let's all. I never wanna hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Play the age game. <laughs> nice. So first, we've got uh, Abigail Breslin. Olive. I don't really know how old she was when she was doing it. So no, I uh, okay, I thought you. I'll said, say eight. I say I think you said eight earlier, so I'm gonna stick with eight. Uh, I'll go for seven then. Nine. Wow. Nine. Okay. Mm. Maybe eight filming, nine when it came yeah. out. Difficult. Oh, no, nine uh, filming, then eight, uh, then ten when it came out. Oh, you've done the math. Oh, oh okay, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was able to find the exact production dates because people have birthdays. So it's they, like, they, uh, they do. No, but like betw- during Hot the filming take, day. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know this is an edgy thing to think. We know, um, we know. We've we got uh, Paul Dano, Dwayne. I know this one's so I pass. 17? Uh, 21. If I may, I think he's 20. Uh, 21. Oh, he's 21. Yeah. He's 20 when they start, and then like three weeks later, he's 21. So it's like Birthdays. 20, 21. Okay. Who would have known? Uh, Tony Collette, not from Three Billboards. I think I know this one as well. 43? Mm, 45. I think you're both really high. I think she's like 33. Yeah, 33. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like they do a good job making her seem older than she is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alan Arkin? Ooh. Don't know this one, so I can jump in. Um, That's Granddad, yeah. 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 Uh, 67. 62. I'm just going to go 60. 71. Wow, they thought he was too young? Yeah, I put way too much stock into that comment. I got so confused. I I put way too much stock into that comment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Greg Kinnear, Richard. 42. Oh, 43 again. 46. Liam's on the money again. 42. Wow, really? And finally, Steve Carell, Frank. Mm. Third time lucky, 43. 35. 33. George is correct. 43. Hey! Wow. Well done. He does, he does. Actually, he does hit it late, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Fun fact. He's I forgot I didn't so put well, Steve Carell in there until like 10 minutes ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So there we go. Have you seen him recently? He's aged like a fine wine. Yeah. Oh, he, he's Silver Fox. Yeah. yeah. He looks great in Space Force. Um, let, it's the only thing great in Space Force. Um, oh, yeah. Let's go with the critics. Georgia, what do we got for the critics? 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Tomatoes. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I've got um, a nameless critic from Time Out, because it doesn't actually have it written on Rotten Tomatoes who wrote it, but it says, for a movie generated from the 
I've loved this. A mirror indie algorithm of family dysfunction, road trips, catharsis, and um, studied quirk. This dark edged ensemble comedy often borders on the lovable, which I think often is an understatement because it is just completely unlovable. Unlovable? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> completely lovable. Um, that's because the next one starts with unlike. Uh, Chris Wagner from Dallas Morning News says, unlike so many films that force life lessons down your throat, Little Miss Sunshine weaves them into the fabric of the story, which, yeah, it does. Like You don't feel like you're being preached at, which is brilliant um and then i did have a look for roger ebert but i couldn't find a roger ebert one and there is jim emerson on roger ebert.com so i assume it's one that he did instead ems <laughs> it just says uh, you just won't see a better acted and better cast movie than little miss sunshine yeah I mm, fully, i'm inclined to agree yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm just trying to look because some people try to jump the uh, did we do our favorite bit Oh, we've done no. our favorite element yet. Yeah. So before I talk about our things, let's talk about our, our favorite moment or element. Uh, let's start with Liam. You seem to be ready. Let's go ahead and have you. Yeah, my favorite bit. There's, there was quite a few bits of favorite bits in this, uh, but I'm going to go for the more touching bits. It's um, the bit where he discovers he's colorblind and he screams and shouts and Olive comes over and just hugs him. I just thought it was brilliant. Okay. It really was a moment that I was like, you can see the family coming together. Excellent. Um, Ethan? Uh, I'm going to go a different one because sort of, I think it's the one that you'll go. I, 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 the cinematography in this film was in the first two minutes when I'm going to love this solely because of how it's done, how everything it's shot really well, how it's structured. Like I said in, when we did the, the dinner scene beforehand, how it's done to, to show distance yeah. and it continues. And the fact that, and it's again, the same scene that, Liam brought up so perfectly done instead of just like moving with him he moves to us I love that and every every shot is so perfectly thought you can tell that this is uh, done by people who did music videos it's it's an it's incredible achievement and I, I love when it's done so artistically something that was said last week in the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas documentary that we watched uh, and something that Jason Lahey said when he was on the pod as well which is um you realize what's going to happen. And the second question is now where do I put the camera? Yeah. In order to the best show this. And I think this film was full of just really correct decisions. Where do I put the camera? Yeah. And it always made sense. So, yeah. Georgia. Grandpa, am I pretty? Oh, that's oh, it. Yeah, there, jeez. Yeah. I was going to go with that one. It's a great one. There's loads. Yeah. There's loads. I mean, you could do you could do the moment between uh, Grandpa and Richard in the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the dinner scene. A lot, and I've it's talked. I've talked at great mm. length about that one already. So I'm going to go with it's the dance sequence, yeah. yeah, the culmination of everything, and the end of the journey, and it it hinges on the decision: what will Richard do? Yeah, and he's the, and he could have gone the other way, and I totally mm. would have believed it. Yep, and going this way, I totally believe it. Yep, and it is the, it's the way some, I it. <laughs> Sometimes you get the shiny happy ending, and although there's still stuff that's wrong for them, we still get this moment where they're a cohesive unit as a group, and they kind of throw a middle finger up to the rest of the crowd. You can see the healing. celebrate themselves, and there's heal. Yeah, there is healing in place there. Yeah. And, like, and remember, this isn't like this isn't Dwayne and his dad. This is Dwayne and his stepdad mm. and his uncle, who's kind of been labored on him. You know what I mean? But yeah. yet they still find common ground they and forgive each other which is a huge part of this film mm. forgiving each other yeah so uh it's i would real. go it makes me laugh out of the genuineness of my soul i mean i don't want to the score i mean i hear the opening notes and i feel happy inside when i go to work i'm going i'm teaching a lot of sunshine today it's like how oh, geez it's a good day the fact that someone's paying me to do this 
Jeez. The sun is shining on you. It is shining on me. There we yeah. go. So there is that. So let's talk about our critics a little bit, shall we? So uh, the good old Reverend Bruce. I'm not going to play the sound clip again because yeah. I've got a laptop in front of it. So uh, we get that um, he and his missus, uh, Katie, wa- rewatched Little Miss Sunshine. Loved it before. Loved it even more now. So many good things to say. Early appearances from Brian Cranston and Dean Norris from Breaking Bad. And what mom can I identify with? Tony Collette, an insane father-in-law, a husband of midlife crisis, a brother with clinical depression, and two kids, one doesn't talk and the other who does an entirely dysfunctional family alan arkin loves his heroin and porn steve carell loves proust greg Kinnear and his nine point success program which he can't do himself he hates losers and loves winners paul dano has not spoken for nine months and loves nietzsche all of his well normal little miss sunshine <laughs> is so endearing the denouement is best we despise exploitive little girl beauty pageants and would never let our girls do it love to see this nonsense completely trashed by abigail president at the end she is just being herself the one sane person in the family this is a delightful critique of the american American dream and we are traveling 1800 miles to tucson arizona to see family the hell of our plane tickets we are renting a standard shift vw van pray the clutch holds up a stellar amazing film they give it nine and a half alan arkin carcasses jeez reverend bruce he gets away with that stuff because he's a priest doesn't yeah. he? so there we go uh carlo low 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 said he wanted to get on this i don't know when you're recording for the little sunshine so just i don't miss it i'll save it although i haven't seen the grin in a while i remember liking it a good deal but what i want to highlight is steve carell's performance which i think is excellent not sure if it was because we're used to seeing him in comedies or just because he was so damn good but he was so damn good i wish we'd do more of his stuff instead of his usual silly comedy something you kind of said there liam and your kind of thought process on it yeah um overall 54.5 percent of our listeners said great film yeah mm-hmm. 42.4 said good film so 96.9 percent are basically going good or great in the top um, echelon uh, neighbor of the podcast debbie hey debbie says love this film and thank you ian for bringing it to our film night back in the good old days you must have missed that one liam i did yeah mm-hmm. uh off radar it's a movie podcast says fantastic original film that came out of nowhere i remember seeing this at the cinema and being shocked at how moving the film was an outstanding ensemble cast telling a beautifully crafted story with humor and drama can't wait to hear this one friend of the podcast and our poet laureate Sir Dwayne of Smith. Dwayne Smith. Says, only seen this once, but it really stayed with me. The most dysfunctional family coming together to make a little girl's dream come true. It's superbly cast, but I distinctly remember this being the first time I realized how great an actor Steve Carell was. Both dark and beautiful. Danny from a musical podcast says, I really love the heart of this movie. That's the biggest strength of Little Miss Sunshine. Totally agree. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. The relationship between Olive and Grandpa is so cute, and I love it. I also use this as proof that Steve Carell is more than just a comedy actor. Josh from your next favorite movie says this movie's fantastic. Great performances all around, but especially by Carell. He should have won the Oscar over his castmate. But Ian knows this. We've had this conversation before. <laughs> Glad to finally see that bullet being deployed. I, I didn't shoot Grandpa. I didn't know that. Um, we've got Jesse B from the Recasted Podcast, who do great stuff. Said really enjoyed this film. Was Carell much differently than we'd seen him in the past? Was also my intro to Paul Dano and Abigail Breslin. Lovely pair of young stars. The Film Effect Podcast. Ed says the movie really took me by surprise when I read it back in 2006. Was a change of pace for Carell and Abigail Breslin was phenomenal. Having remembering her from Signs, ah, uh, Signs, yeah, several years prior. This water's contaminated. It gives me a reason to rewatch. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. And finally, we're going to need a bigger movie, says, this is Matt speaking. I love this film, and it is definitely great. 
Great. He didn't do the Tony the Tiger thing, but I just <laughs> he, he, he put it in caps. So sorry, buddy. I did the best I could. So a lot of feedback. Thank you for everybody who gave their feedback. The question is now, what are we doing? And before we do that, though, Georgia, we promised stage two again of the Patreon. We did indeed. So yes. what is on the Patreon? What is on the Patreon? So we have got lots of good things on the Patreon. So tier two is everything in tier one, which is your... Maybe start with tier one. tier one is everything that you could expect from a basic tier you get the access to the patreon and exclusive content that we put out on there we you get here it is Is that friend of the podcast that is friend Friend of the podcast podcast. three pounds a month so you get all of the content um plus patreon uh content you also have your say in any votes that we put out so real roundtable votes votes on um scores for films um the fifth chair the fifth chair vote, yep, and uh, votes in best of worst of, which is one of the first things we'll be doing kind of when Patreon launches. Yeah, it'll literally be like the first January. thing we'll be doing, yep. Uh, plus a mini message sent to you when you join uh, as a thank you and a per- birthday message if you leave your uh, birthday in the uh, when you sign up. Um, so tier two, which is the one we're focusing on this week, is all of that. Uh, it's best friend of the podcast, £9 a month. Um, you get a quarterly mini gift sent to you. Physical physical merch will be sent Ooh, to you in the post. Stuff. Um, stuff. Stuff. Stuff and things we will send to you in the post. Physical merch. <laughs> <laughs> things like stickers, key rings, magnets. Just stickers, key rings, magnets. Postcards. Magnets. You Wait. Magnets twice. <laughs> Did you say stickers? <laughs> sticker worthy. There we magnet go. worthy. You too could be sticker worthy. Uh, yeah, so all of that, um, plus four times a year you actually get to visit us in on the action live and Done. uncensored you'll get to see the setup as it is and just kind of watch us with all of the goofs and everything that usually got cut out uh, oh, we'll, no. we'll try and be on our best behavior <laughs> unless ethan's the one editing it at which point he just keeps he it just in, it leaves in, it anyway. in yeah. <laughs> i'm just gonna get cancelled <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah that is that is what we've got and then uh next week we'll be uh, revealing tier three the final frontier what is the name of tier three uh, we'll have to wait for next week, oh, won't we? Yeah. Oh. That's what Tier we three. The hook brings you back, <laughs> Blue Traveler said. Blue Hopefully Traveler. it does. So um, let's go ahead. What are our ratings? Liam, you're first up. I'm very curious on this one. Mm. I do like this movie. It's not my kind of movie, but I do like it. Um, there are bits I thought, where's this going? You know, but I do keep you on this uh, path of, you know, intrigue and you want to know. Because to start with, I thought this was all about Steve Carell. Oh, really? Okay. Frank, yeah. You know, and then that clearly wasn't too much about Frank. Yeah. Um, he weren't the central character of it. And um, the whole body thing, you know, is it going to be farcical? Is it going to, where's it going? Yeah. You know? And man, do I laugh out loud at certain parts. And there are parts where I'm just screaming at the TV. Uh, so clearly it affected me. Um, Oh, do you like this movie? Would I watch it again? Yes, I would. Would I watch it every year? No. <laughs> I was asking to do that. <laughs> would, I, would I watch it 15 times? Probably not. No. Um, but I do see where you come from, and the, and the cinematography in this film is amazing. So I'm going to give this nine wow. gear shift changes. I had you lower than that at first, and then I had you going to... I started with eight. was going to go to eight and a half. was knocked with a nine. Wow. I was in going this at an eight. And I've thought about this since we've been talking about yep. it. And uh, there's not really that much I can sort of say why. I don't really, can't give it more than a nine. Okay. Georgia. Sorry, less than a nine. <laughs> uh, it's happening. Oh, is it? It is happening. Yeah. Uh, this film is 
incredible i really like it i've watched it again today going i need to watch this more often because it makes me so happy it makes me cry it makes me laugh it makes me all of the things all of the emotions happen in this film in such a delightful way that i'm i mean i'm i was still crying when the credits were playing Mm -hmm. like not and it wasn't happy tears or sad tears it was somewhere in the middle because that is where the film leaves you and i just think it's so lovely it's so gorgeous it's just it is for me it's it's perfect it's getting 10 broken clutches out of 10 Mm, wow wow sorry princess bride wow yes (laughs) uh ethan uh, I agree with you. I, this is. Oh, oh. I think this is a perfect movie. Like, oh. th- like it's, first time watching this. This oh, is like yeah. fresh. Wow. Is, wow! Everything I love about film is in this. I love a film with incredible dialogue, characters. Everyone is captivating. The cinematography is incredible. The score is fantastic. This is why I love film because it tells a fantastic story, and I'm 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 there for the journey from the get go, and it's it's. It's perfect, and it's why I want to continue studying film. And I, I re- I'm really torn between what I want to give this. So um, I'm giving this nine and a half. Uh, oh, I thought I was going for a ten. There. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been, I've been contemplating for a while. Nine and a half out of ten. What's the half that's dropping it then? I don't know. I'm just going to ask. How Ethan. do you use the word perfect and then yeah. not give it a ten? Yeah. Are you aware of what the word perfect, perfect means? Yeah. This is what I might. Do I give it a ten or a nine and a half? Because it's I, 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 so. It's, 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 it's your yeah, verdict. I know, yeah, I know. What but you went, I agree with it? Georgia. I'm giving yeah, yeah, it perfect. I'm like, okay, this is not done this for like seven well, hours. I'll tell you what. I will do my spiel, and then you can, if you cool. need to, sort of change. You can. Yeah. Uh, I've said over again. If you see me in any realm of narrative whatsoever, whether it's a book, maybe a bit easier with a book, but a play or a film, I say the hardest thing to create and have legitimate feelings of is warmth. Warmth is the hardest thing. You can do funny. Funny's funny's relatively easy. You can do pain. Pain's relatively easy. They say dramatic actors then tend to, once you get that figured out, then you do com- comedy's the hard stuff. Mm. I can't do comedy. And this touches that line of darkness with, with humor and it creates a warmth, which sounds weird. And the, the, the warmth doesn't come in spite of it being clever or by not being clever. If anything, the warmth comes from the humor. Everything that happens in this film feels earned. It's been created meticulously through this meticulously crafted script. It then moves on to direction that just knows what's going on, casting that nails it, and actors who understand fully how to go ahead and get the most out of their characters. Uh, as a result, there is no other thing I can do. I have waited 96 episodes, but I am saying hello. My name is Ian, and welcome to my ten talk. <laughs> oh. ten, there, are, ten, ten. there are two types of films in this world: winners and losers. This gets ten winners out of ten. So we need to go back to Ethan. Okay. Now that is this nothing. That's just a pressure, Ethan. But I am no, trying no, to use no, time. No, this isn't to pressure me at all. You. I'll be honest. I was kind of listening, but I was just zoning on, in on the Carlsberg can thinking. And do you want to know what's maybe go from nine and a half to ten? It's it's the fact. It is the fact that this when you mentioned the eye test in the in the hospital, I went, oh my god! And the the turnaround I had when I realised how clever they were to do the uh, the. the smallest reference to something that would have the biggest payoff is incredible and i don't think it's if you can achieve that masterfully you've made a perfect film 10 yeah okay uh, right, so thank god for me thank god for you <laughs> i'm just saying i will I say gave it a perfect 10 as well 
We've found the best film ever well, and we'd be finished. Well, the question is, well, what if something else gets that same score, right? And then we have to have a conversation. That's a really Eleven. interesting thing. Oh, okay. You know, you can give more than one film a 10. I mean, Ellie proved that. She was given one one every other week. Yeah, <laughs> one, I'm pretty sure she I gave my first time. All of us. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is the highest film we've given. Yeah, we, we, yeah. Episode far. 10 was our previous, Chicago. And this has, it's not even close. This has just taken it out back and kicked yeah. the crap out of it. <laughs> and all that jazz. Yeah. I would say I this. Heard. I would say this, because I was sort of talking to Ethan. And I, I want to make sure I do this. I would say, Ethan, isn't a 10 the kind of thing that you just know that it's a 10? Do you have to talk yourself into a 10? I, say, I think I think you should probably stay at a nine and a half. No, wait, hang on. I'm not, ta- no, I'm not saying Ethan should or shouldn't do anything. Ethan's job is to tell himself. Oh, no, oh, yeah. I, I think it's the fact for <laughs> But if you have hours. to go, is it a 10? Maybe the answer is no, it's not. Going back to me, right, when you had the talk with me, right, yes. there was not one negative you know How what? Can you say nine and a half. You're not, not you're, one you're, negative. You're not wrong, and I, I love that you brought back a deep cut of yeah, <laughs> because I said you you named a bunch of negatives. How yeah. can you give it a ten? Yeah. In flip side, you said the word perfect about nine times. It's worth when I say this is the reason I love film. That's true. That's yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> for seven hours. The reason I love film, nine and a half. <laughs> for seven hours, I'm going, am I being crazy saying 10? Am I being thinking were you, 10? Were you worried that other people wouldn't 10 it? Partially, and yeah. I also didn't know if I was going too over the top for this. No, it is, no. It yeah. is a perfect film. You could this, give it this a is the, This is the thing. I will give you this. Like You watch this for the first time today. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's why I'm like, I will say this, crazy? None of us talked about this. So I was sitting yeah. there going, I don't know if people were going to give it or not. I mean, I felt probably people were probably sure when I was going to give it. It was my bullet in the chamber. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was always the 10, because I, I haven't been away from this film ever for too long to forget what this film is. I know this is a 10. I, I had forgotten how, had you? Okay. how good it was. Yeah. yeah, And the reasons why Georgia like it, you know, leaving you in the middle. Yeah. I, that's why I didn't. Yeah, that's fine. You know, that yeah, gave me that. I mean, I did like the film, but I mean... Dude, you give it a nine. Like, no one's complaining <laughs> about your rating. <laughs> no, I know. But that's... Good film three. I don't like being left in the middle. Okay, yeah. You know, no, I, I, do like... lo- I love that, because it, it's... it's. I you want, you want what, like... Interpretation. Yeah, you want what, like, much more closure on it? Either much more closure or none at all, you know? All right. Well, let's give you some closure to this episode then, shall we? We've broken some ground here. Uh, let's go ahead and just name what we're doing next week then. I'm looking forward to this. Really, really quickly. Ooh. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, it's a tale as old as time. Oh. <laughs> really? It is. We're doing Aladdin. No. <laughs> my body for a second <laughs> unless angela lansbury was in was was in aladdin singing was about like, it tale was old as time barely even friends then somebody bends aladdin no we are doing beauty in the we are doing beauty and the beast on its 30 year anniversary next week the original animated beauty and the beast Beauty and the beast yeah throwing it out there Really good film. Four best film ever. I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ethan. And I've been Georgia. And people who are new might be listening to us next week. So everybody, just pretend to be normal. <laughs> yeah. We'll catch you on the flippity flop. The flippity flip flop. <laughs>